What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in Bar Round One Review, the first review of the year. Let's go, baby. Super keen. So excited to get into this one. As usual, we are in every single Bottolo Celebrations and IGA in New South Wales and ACT. Bloke in a Bar beer in every single IGA Celebrations and Bottolo in ACT and New South Wales. Also, we're in plenty of stores in Queensland and all the other states. Go to our website, blokeinabar.com, put in your postcode, it will show you the closest stockers. If you enjoy the content and you want it to keep growing, make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. That's how we keep the ship going. That's how we keep the lights on, baby. Keep the lights on. So if you've been thinking about giving it a try, go down, give it a try. It really does support the platform and I really do appreciate it. It's an easy drinking lager, really, really smooth, crisp. It's not fruity or hoppy, a beautiful, smooth lager, perfect for sitting back, watching the footy. Also, go to bloke.shop. We've got a few eyes up footy shirts left. We've got hats, we've got socks, www.bloke.shop. Sign up, sorry, not sign up. Oh yeah, you can sign up to the Bloke Club as well, www.bloke.club, but subscribe to the Rugby League Guru podcast on all good podcasting apps. Follow him on Instagram, Rugby League Guru, or on Facebook. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, the first of the season after the games. I'm super excited. What a weekend of footy. It is just, I cannot express to you enough how stoked I am that the bottom tier clubs really took it to the top tier clubs whereas last year obviously there was a huge concern about the gap between the top and the bottom uh now don't get me wrong just one game yeah let's put a disclaimer out there just one game it's only round one we understand that disclaimer is out there so if you're thinking about oh bro it's only one game you think i was saying that remember we put the disclaimer out at the start we understand it's just one game we're just working off the information that we've got now um what a round of footy guru Kanguru, what do you think of the round that has just gone past? Absolutely loved it. As you said, I mean, the gap between the top six and everyone else last year mm. was almost embarrassing as a game, realistically. Uh, to see it play out the way it did this week, I absolutely loved it. Um, a heap of upsets there. Your Brisbane Broncos, I did not see that coming in any way, shape or form. The Newcastle Knights, mm-hmm. fuck, I was shocked. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but... You know, credit to teams like the Broncos and the Knights. Even Tigers to a degree. Tigers, Tigers didn't play poorly. Yeah. Like, yes, the Melbourne Storm had an unbelievable circumstances, but the Tigers did not play poorly no. in that game. And I had people message me say, South and Roosters played shit. You've got to give credit to these other teams. Yeah, absolutely. And and the like, they may not have played as good as they can play, but sometimes that's because the team has played well that played them, that has taken time off them. Like, for example, in the Knights-Roosters situation, yes, the Roosters played... Not as good as they could have, but I think a lot of it had to do with the Knights playing really, really well. See the line speed they had all yeah. game? All game. Like, uh, like Kieran and uh, Walker had no time with the ball. No time with the ball. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, brought to you by Bloke and a Bar as usual. Go to bloke.shop. Grab some Bloke merch. I think we're all sold out of the full credit to the boys uh, t-shirts, but we still have Eyes Up footy. Uh, and this, no, no, I think this year's at our year is also sold out. But we have Eyes Up footy. Uh, a couple of those left. So head to bloke.shop. We've also got Bloke socks. Uh, Black and uh, our classic brown. We've also got black, blo- um, black bloke hats and the classic brown bloke hat. So we've also got stubby coolers. So head to bloke.shop. It's open to everyone now rather than just a bloke club. Uh, and grab some bloke merch before it all sells out. Also, we are in every single Bottle Mart Celebrations or, I or, uh, or IGA, sorry. So Bottle Mart Celebrations IGA in New South Wales and ACT. The beer is in every single Celebrations 
IGA and Bottolo. Um, did I say Bottle Mart first? I think you did. I think yeah. I did. Bottle sorry. We're in every Bottle Celebrations and IGA. So get in there. If we go really well, if you, if you really enjoy the show and you want a way to make this take us to the next level, get into one of those uh, locations, grab a case of Bloke and a Bar, because if we go well, they're going to put us nationwide in all of those Bottle And that truly takes us to an just a, a way, way different level um, as a business and will give us the resources to take this to a new level, you know, bring on more people, create more cool content. Uh, so here are the stores in Spotlight for the week. Dooley's Tavern, Springshaw, Newtown Hotel, Toowoomba, White Lion Hotel, Maroubra, uh, sorry, Maryborough, Queen, uh, Quench Liquor Barn, Ashmore Tavern, The Cellar, Byron Bay, Super Barn Express, Flory, ACT, Bottolo, Rosebury, Local Liquor, Piermont, Banksia Supercellers, great store Banksia. I think we did a taste testing there. Really big, great store along the highway there or along the main road. Mittagong Bottolo, Celebrations Cowra, Norris Park, IGA. Or you can go to bloke, blokeinabar.com. We've got a store located there. You put in your postcode. It'll show you the near, nearest location. Footy is here. Footy is here. And this is the beer of sport. We love sport so much. We, we release hours of sport content a week. Um, so grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, support the platform, plus the amount of messages I get of saying what a beautiful beer it is. Uh, people are actually surprised at how good it is because they just think, most people just think, oh, it's just a bit of a gimmick or whatever. No, no, this is like a high-quality beer, so give it a try. But let's get straight into it. I mean, I am so, so keen to start talking about um, the, the biggest topics of the weekend. So basically, the injury crisis at Melbourne, it is concerning. Do you think that the storm truly are in the biggest battle of the club's history. Feels like you're getting lured into a trap, doesn't yeah, it? You yeah. just you want to say they're in trouble. I know they'll find a way, but Welsh is such a big loss. Considering, you know, I sat there on the weekend and thought for the Warriors, Aaron Penne looked great. I thought Max King for the Canterbury Bulldogs looked sensational. It's like career best game. Mate, these are two guys that have walked out of this building. Mm. Um, and considering during the trials, you know, I did say, and you also felt the same, that they, if they get injury, injuries in that middle period, uh, the middle third, they may struggle because when we watch the trials, the size of their reserve grade side physically didn't seem to have the same oomph as their first grade side. It's going to be a big test for Bellamy. I love the way that he talked after the game. It sounds like they're going to have to go into market. You might see a couple of trades and swaps. So very interesting time for Melbourne, but I'm confident they'll find a way. Mm. Massive, massive loss for, uh, for the Storm Welsh. And then obviously Cheese is looking at, what, four to six weeks. Um, then you've also got uh, Jennings, ACL. He's an experienced winger now for them. It's, uh, it's a tough time. I, again, I, the only concern I had coming into this year for the Storm was the depth in their forward pack. And right now, Christian Welsh, who's their captain, you've obviously got Bromwich to come back. But outside of um, Bromwich, you know, you've got Nelson, but he's more used as impact. Uh, it's a tough person to replace. And also, with Cheese, you know, not playing um, over the next four to six weeks, most likely, you know, 13, like Grant will obviously slot into that nine role. But then who's going to play 13 long, you know, over the next six weeks? I'm not sure. Uh, very testing times for the Storm. Because what's, what's also, you know, concerning is even when they had all of those players on the field, I mean, Cheese got hurt in the first five minutes, but outside of him, even when they had Welsh on the field and Jennings, they didn't look crash hot at all compared to it, relatively speaking, relatively speaking. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the one silver lining is that in that game they were obviously missing... 
Jesse Bromwich, so he will come back in. But long term, it doesn't look great. They will find a way. I'm not. I'm not doubting them, but they will. It is going to be tough for them in saying that. I mean, the guys that played the other night, Alec mm. McDonald, um, he's a guy that he was one of the 30-odd guys that goes down there for their preseason. He impressed. He hasn't played a game of Queensland Cup yet. He's only played under 20s. Okay. So for him to come in and play first grade the other night, handle it the way he did, mm. incredibly impressive. You know, um, Bronson Garlic's there. We've got our boy Jack Howarth, but none of them are out-and-out out middles. It's mm. going to be the big test for them, but... Bellyache, he'll find a way. He'll mm. he'll come up with, with a new game plan to make it work for them. I so, mean, yeah, it's tough losses this week, but Grant and Munster walking back in this week. Mm. It is exciting for them. Uh, Tarek Sims has been touted as a potential target for the Storm. Do you like this? Do you dislike this? Thoughts? Love it. Absolutely love it. Do I, they need a, Do they need more of a front rower, though? Yeah, but, uh, mate, I, I think he, he could do a job there for you. Yeah, okay. I really do. Um I can't believe the Dragons are, are, are considering letting him go. I just think him in Melbourne would just be special. And he's just got that sort of attitude. We, mm. saw, we saw it in State of Origin. He's a guy that when you're down and out, he wants the ball in his hands. Mm. He wants to take your tough carries. So I think it would be a great get for Melbourne. And whilst he's not an out-and-out front rower, for me, he can definitely do the job there. Mm. Yeah, it, I think it's a great signing regardless. I think that if you're going to sign him for this year, but also next year, when you've got... Guys like Bromwich uh, and Kafusi. I think Kafusi showed how important he is to that side on the weekend. Like that, they're both of their edge defence. It's it's so not appreciated by the modern game of your kickouts and your you know your big wide running forwards. But Bromwich and Kafusi, they put in top tier defence week in week out. Um, so if you're bringing Sims in, you, are you telling me he couldn't do a job on the edge there next year at the very least? Uh, and I agree with you. He could probably come and do a job in the middle until next year. Maybe they, you know, um, they go into market for 2023. So very, very interesting times. I, I'm, I'm with you. Melbourne always find a way. Cam Munster and Bromwich coming back in and Grant are huge back ins. Uh, but they are in a fight right now, this Melbourne Storm. They are in a massive, massive fight. Probably the biggest fight they've been in uh, in a while, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also thought Josh King looked good the other day. And, I mean, he's now going to get an opportunity, a four- to six-week opportunity to wear that number 13 jersey. He could be anything in four mm. weeks. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he takes that opportunity and becomes what we always see at the Storm. You know, these guys that are good first graders turn into great first graders. Um, now, uh, what we'll do is basically we'll save the big topics for when we review each game because yep. I think we don't, I don't want to go back over old ground and keep it fresh. Uh, but I did want to bring up um, two things. Uh, the bunker with an independent doctor taking players off the field when they get concussion. Now, I love this sentiment, and I have been calling for this for quite a while. Clubs, we all know, they game the system and they leave players out there when it's you know a, a really tough period in the game and he's a gun player and they need him there. And then when they don't need him out there, they may you know take up time and blah, blah, blah. So I love the idea of an independent doctor looking at certain uh, symptoms and then taking them off. But I would say, just like anything, I thought we saw growing pains on the weekend. I think that because doctors are in this, especially an independent doctor, he is held to a much different standard than what you would expect. Like if, if you're considered the independent doctor and you're not with any club, you don't have the club to protect you from like, let's say you should have made a call that you didn't and and blah, blah, blah. Whereas independent doctor, he, the standard that doctors are held to, 
they're all, always erring on the side of caution because that's their job is to protect you from the worst case situation. And I just felt with the Radley and the Smith situation, the Radley one to me, the ones where I feel like the, 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 they're gaming the system is when a bloke is like uh, ragdoll, like full ragdoll, knocks out, gets up, and then they're like, oh, well, he's up, he's all good. Whereas like Radley, for, it just, you know, it just looked like his neck had been put in a bad position. Like he, he still had cognizant ability to kind of move his hands. You know what I mean? He didn't look that knocked out. And so the only concern I have, even though I love the idea, is doctors being too cautious because this is rugby league. There are going to be knocks to the head. Billy Smith came off. He didn't even know what it was. I don't know what the answer is to this, to be honest with you, mate. Mm. It's, a, it's a tough one. I, you know, if, if we're not too cautious the moment something goes wrong, it's, you know, it's chaos, you know. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't know what the answer is to this one. It's hard because... If you give an inch, coaches will take a mile. We've seen that in the last two years. Um, I don't know. To, to me, even watching the, the Victor Radley one, I agree with you. I thought it was pretty obvious that it was his neck. But then for him to get taken off, like it was like 10 minutes later. Mm. It felt like an age of him being out there playing rugby league before they took him off. Even to me, it just looks, just looks a bit chaotic to me. Yeah, well, that was the independent doctor. Yeah. And so the independent doctor ruled it a category one, which means you cannot come cannot, back out. Yeah. And see, that's where I think there is a correct answer. And the answer is, if he comes off and passes the test, he should be allowed back on. Like, I don't understand, like, how the doctor could have been, like, Category 1 born. Billy Smith was also a Category 1. Um, when Trent um, Robinson said after the game that there was no, they had no symptoms. No symptoms. They were sweet. See, that's where I feel like that is far too cautious. That is, we are playing rugby league you're going to get hit in the head. If you can come off and pass the tests, you know, even if it's a Zoom test where the, the doctor's watching the, the other doctor do the test, do you know what I mean? Mm. So that he can, so they can know for sure that, you know, no one's cutting corners. Um, but to like immediately rule him out as category one and not allow back on, I just think that's too far. I think it's too much. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't probably know an, enough about this stuff, to be honest with you, to feel confident in making a call on it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you make good points. If they can pass the test that's apparently been good enough for the last, what, two years mm. for them to come back Well, what's on. your feeling on it, though? What's your, like, what, what are your thoughts on him getting taken off but having no symptoms? No, I, I, I didn't really like it. I thought that Rads was okay to play on. Um, but <sighs> I don't mind him getting taken off. Yeah. Because, like, you take him off the field. Yep. And then you can do the test with the independent doctor looking at the test. And if, if the independent doctor still says, nah, like, you know, I can see symptoms, I can identify them, then I guess you've got to go with it. But, like, getting taken off and having no symptoms, apparently, that's like, what? What's Especially if it is a Category 1 and that means that he cannot go back on the field. I don't understand why he was out there for so long. Yeah. As well, That that's just what I, I don't know. I, I understand what the NRL is trying to do, but execution has always been our issue with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I'm all for player safety. Absolutely. 100% like, we are, 100%. Absolutely. I love the idea of having an independent doctor there. But if, let's say this trend continued, let's say, there were, imagine how many games are going to get decimated by the doctor whose, whose uh, incentives are much different to a rugby league player or a team or whatever. And it's just, the doctor is looking at purely the safety of the player. But if you're looking at purely the safety of the player, don't play rugby league. Like, don't, you not, don't get on the field. Um, and like uh, you know, touch what it doesn't happen. But what we had, 
Boyd Corner, a couple of other guys retire due to this stuff last year. I mean, if that was to happen over the next three weeks, I mean, once again, Touchwood doesn't happen. But if something happens to Wade Graham in the next few weeks, like I reckon these independent doctors are going to be even more on top of it. Could be but, even more cautious. Oh, absolutely. And that's the concern is like if, if your way of thinking is, you know, let's be cautious because safety, the, the, the end point of that is <laughs> no one plays rugby league. Like yeah. that's the end point of that way of thinking. We have to take us. I guess there has to be a point where we lay all the information out to players and the players are aware of what can and can't happen and they make that as consenting adults that, again, this is not to say let's go Wild West and, you know, blokes just getting knocked out left, right and centre. Not at all. But we have to find a medium or find a middle ground of protecting the players but also understanding that if he comes off and he has no symptoms, that's probably overkill. Like... Like, I don't think anyone was looking at Victor Radley going, holy shit, like, like I can't believe he's still out in the field, rah, rah. I think everyone looked at it as like, oh, he's jammed his neck up really, really bad there. Um, so, I, again, it's the first round. So, usually, footy, we do have problems with ex- execution, but usually we get better at it. Yeah, usually. yeah for sure. Yep. Um, and so, hopefully, the independent doctors uh, are aware that they may have to look at it through a slightly different lens than what they're used to looking at it. Um, because they they have such a I, I forgot it um, what it's called but doctors like you know they have to be so cautious in their practices and that because they can get sued by some random that blames them for something that had nothing to do with them but they weren't cautious enough or whatever so uh, hopefully that gets sorted it was um, you know even though the knights take absolutely nothing away from the knights you know obviously losing uh, Radley is going to hurt the roosters uh, quite substantially and Billy Smith. Uh, but hopefully it's, uh, that was just a one-off because, again, we are, that only happened once in the round, I think, which was the Roosters game. But uh, I think it's fantastic they've got an independent doctor in there, though. I, I just think that's so good. If we can get the perfect balance of yeah. this, this will help the game going forward substantially. That's the whole thing. you just got to find the balance. Yeah, if we yeah, find we that can, balance, yeah. uh, I think that this would be a really good way to future-proof ourselves against people being concerned about playing rugby league. What do you got, Matt? Did it also happen in the Bulldogs game to Brent Naden? Because he, he went off about, I think it was like four to six minutes after he got he got flattened before he set up Ockham See, that's, that was Sorry. a situation yeah, where Burns. he, I was like, get him off the yeah, field. Yeah, he all in the wrong See, spot. That, See, yeah. that's where I'm like, that's where I am off the, when clubs don't take that off straight away, that's where I feel like, it's like, bro, you're asking for the NRL to overreact. Like, you can clearly see he was gone. Like, he got hit, he was ragdoll, whatever. So um, that's where clubs, it's like, if you want the NRL to come down so hard on this, it hurts you, keep doing that. Keep leaving them out. And that's what causes independent doctors to go, all right, well, as soon as someone gets touched and stays down for a second, boom, Gornskis. Uh, and so, yeah, the doctor ruled Category 1 for that as well? I'm not sure about Category 1, but it was literally like, it was. he went off in the 57th minute, I think, and the trial was scored in the 52nd. So. In the what? The try was scored in the 52nd, so it was five minutes afterwards. I'm not yeah, sure about see, that to me is like taking the piss. And so you can understand why an independent doctor would be like, all right, we have to go hard on these people because yeah. they just don't listen. Uh, and so that's, that's where I believe that the independent doctor is very good to have because how many times did we see that last year? The game's on the line. Some bloke has been completely flatlined and they leave him out there to continue to run around because they're desperate to, you know... Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Radley's an outlier. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. But 
you know, history would suggest yeah, that that's, nervous. it's uh, not going to be the case. And also, <coughs> if other clubs do that, what happened with Naden, it's just going to make the independent doctor want to take him off more. So hopefully the players can – sorry, hopefully the clubs can come a bit towards more the middle and the independent, body, uh, independent doctor can and they can uh, find a good uh, ground for them to meet. Uh, now uh, on to – we'll just get straight into the uh, – we'll get into team of the week. What do you got there, mate? Uh, fullback, I think we've got the same here. I've gone for Dylan Edwards. Um, the metres he ran was unbelievable the other night. Mm. I know that all the talk was about um, Nathan Cleary not being there, but Dylan Edwards, Fish, Isaiah Yo coming into this side. I know that a few of those guys feature in my team. I assume they will in yours. Mm. Like, so impressive. I know that Edwards doesn't have the attacking upside of your teddies, you know, your turbos, these sort of guys, but... He just keeps going. He just doesn't stop. I think it was 344 metres. Yeah, it's massive. So do you want to just read out your team? Yeah, sure. My team... Sorry. So my team, I had Dylan Edwards at fullback. I had Philip Sammy on the wing. Uh, two tries, 114 metres. Gagai, I thought he was sensational for the Newcastle Knights. Isaac Tago from the Penrith Panthers. Ravalawa with three metres on the wing. Jack Whiten at six. Jerome Hughes at seven. James Fisher-Harris in the front row with Payne Haas. Appy Curacao was nine. Went really close to choosing Reed Marnie there. Went with Appy, though. Second row, Kikau, Kate Bull. Isaiah was my 13. On my bench, I went Jake Clifford. Then I went Curran, Frizzell, and Liam Martin from the Penrith Panthers. Okay, my team was uh, fullback Edwards, wing Cobbo, uh, centre Tago and Gagai, uh, wing Ravalawa. Uh, six and seven was Whiten and Hughes. Uh, front row was Haas and Fisher-Harris. Nine was Appy. Eleven was Young. He got that match winner, which I thought just pipped, uh, put him across the line. Twelve was, was Frizzell. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Thirteen, Carrigan. Fourteen was Arrow. Fifteen, Nanai. Sixteen, Yo. Uh, Yo. Seventeen, King. That could have also been Thompson. I thought he was great yeah. off the bench. And I just added 18 and 19 because I couldn't leave him out. Uh, Dominic Young, I thought... Had a stand like for a guy that really struggled in his first few NRL games. I thought he was outstanding on the wing against a Tupu, one of the best wings we've seen in the last ten years. And I had to throw Sullivan in there. You know, Penrith Panthers without Cleary uh, to put on the score they did. Sullivan had two tries. This I just want to give him a rap for. You know, he's been fighting to get into first grade, and he was fantastic. He was fantastic. So that's uh, that's my team of the week. Uh, let us know in the comments section what your team of the week was. Really hard week as usual, guys. You know, obviously I could have had Capewell in there because of the field goal. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's so many players. Thompson could have slotted into the 10 for uh, Fisher-Harris. Uh, Marnie at nine. Plenty of, plenty of players that could have been there. So let us know what your team of the week was. Uh, but let's get to the games. Let's get to the games. Now, Panthers defeat Manly 28-6. to I tell you what, it... Uh, Every time I think the Panthers have impressed me as much as they're going to impress me, they go to another level. I cannot believe how dominant they looked against a full-strength Manly side and how much their defence just squeezed the life out of Manly, especially when Manly knew what was coming. What did you think about this game? Yeah, they are. They're going to be a serious problem again this year. The Penrith Panthers are... We, we, we spoke last week who we tipped to win this one. I, I did go Penrith. I wasn't super confident, but did go Penrith. And you just, as you said, every time you think you've seen it all from Penrith, they just find something else. Their defense was incredible. I 
Mate, I've got to be honest with you. I thought the scoreline was kind of flattering to Manly too. Mm. Had a few, what, two tries disallowed in the first two minutes? Two tries disallowed. You mentioned Sean O'Sullivan. I mean, there's a couple of opportunities that he created that he didn't quite have the toe to go through with that I think if Cleary was on the field, would have been a different story. I mean, you look at the try that Manly scored, the Bullimore try. O'Sullivan missed an intercept off that Mm. by a yard. If Cleary was there, I reckon it's it's probably game over there as Mm. well. So... Uh, Penrith, very, very impressive. And the try was off like a scrappy Travojevic gets out of hooker. And it's just like, don't get me wrong, take nothing away from Manly. Like, great play from Travojevic. But it was kind of like out of nowhere kind of stuff. Yeah. I, they're going to be hard to beat again this year. I know it's early days, but you know what they're capable of doing. You know what they're capable of doing on the big stages. All the talk was about no Nathan Cleary. And like, don't get me wrong, they're better with Nathan Cleary, but... Fuck, if that's the team you get without Cleary, it's a scary prospect. Oh, it is absolutely amazing. I cannot believe how just... It's like, personally, internally, I can't accept that they are probably a powerhouse like the Storm and the Roosters now. Like, I keep thinking this is a young, hot side that is a gun. Like, please don't conflate this with me saying they're not guns. Like, they just won a premiership. They were in the grand final before. But I think that, like, this standard that we've come to expect from the Storm and the Roosters to any degree. I know they've struggled a little bit lately. I think we need to start telling, start, I guess, admitting to ourselves the Penrith Panthers are going to be a fucking problem for the next five years, if not ten. It's hard to make yourself believe it because it's just happened like so quickly. Out of nowhere. It's just like they haven't gone out like, they haven't gone out and brought a heap of guys. They've just taken this group of kids, this group of guys through the last few years and they've got these guys like Dylan Edwards, who isn't a state of origin representative, but mm. does job week in, week out. James Fisher-Harris, who probably doesn't get the accolades he deserves because he doesn't play state of origin. Mm. Isaiah Yo, who's just starting to get into that origin yeah, round. Was he like was a, unbelievable. Yo used to be a, a solid first grader, but he, he was he was not a... He was an edge, edge Yo running. was a good guy to have in your team because he could cover second row and centre. Yeah, like he wasn't... People forget, like he was not... If you left him out of your 17 or just put him on the bench, you'd be like, yeah, fair enough. He was like, a great Jersey 17 to have on your side. Absolutely. Now, his ball playing continues to get better and better and better. Yeah, James Fisher-Harris, I mean, I wouldn't push back on anyone. You know, Payne Haas, he's the best front row in the comp, but James Fisher-Harris, I, I, I think he's the best alpha in this competition. Yeah, he, he's just, he brings that aggressive energy. Uh, and, and I guess... If you look at Payne Haas individually, absolutely the best front row in the comp. And I still would have him as best front row in the comp. But if you wanted to come to me and say, Oi, who's won a premiership? Who has done... Now, I understand Nathan Cleary and the Panthers squad is better. But two years ago, you wouldn't say the Panthers squad was better. You would actually say the Broncos forward pack is much better. And that was the raps on the Broncos is that they were these young throwers. The Panthers... If it, you, could, you could even argue that the Panthers have fulfilled the prophecy that was being spoke about for the Broncos three years ago. Three years ago, there was guys not getting into the Broncos pack that would have walked into the Panthers pack. Absolutely. And the talk was this young, I think like they were considered like premiership threats by some of the, the game's biggest pundits of Broncos. And this isn't a knock on the Broncos. This is more shining a light on the incredible progression the Panthers have made. Yeah, they're, as you said, the next five, ten, mate. Nathan Cleary's like, he's what, 24 years old. Crazy. He's got potentially 10 years of first grade and we're probably three or four years away from his best rugby league. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. And a guy like Edwards at the back there, he is fast becoming the best bang for buck player bar none in the NRL. 
He's won. He's been in two grand finals. He's won a grand final. He's putting up these 340-metre games. You, you look at him, and even the last, the back, like the back end of last year, his, his stats as a fullback was getting up there with the top three fullbacks outside of Teddy because he was, you know, on a whole... Oh, sorry, uh, Tom Travojevic was a whole, not, a whole other level. But when you look at a guy like Edwards, who was probably on 400k, 500 maybe, but I'd probably... I reckon more towards a 400. Yep. Understanding that he has a role to play in a larger, um, I guess, goal to win the premiership. But for him to come out and do 340 metres, honestly, there was a, there was for like two years ago where I was like, Edwards isn't a first grader. He was he made so many errors. I remember one night, I think he made like five drop balls. And Ivan stuck with him and stuck with him and stuck with him. And we're starting to see the fruits of that labour. We're starting to see Edwards become a top, top tier fullback. And I don't think he'll ever get the recognition he deserves because he just doesn't have that same flash and pizzazz as a Teddy, Papanews and Tom Travojevic. But at the end of the day, you're putting up 340 metres against a top four side. It's fucking good. Uh, the other thing with Edwards, I, I think the gap between his best and his worst games, it has to be one of the smallest of any player in the NRL. Mm, yeah. Now, now, now for sure. Now it is. Yeah, like, which is crazy just, to think. Back in the day, he hasn't played struggled. a poor game in two years for me. Yeah. He's just every, every single week. Um, yeah. They're going to be a troublesome side, mate. mate they're they are hard to beat. A problem. I thought, um, yeah, I thought Isaiah Yo's ball playing has just improved so much. He's just getting better and better. I think he had, he had the most touches of any forward on the field. So he had 43 touches. So he's just so important to their uh, their attack. And it just it's just so hard to defend because he's such a big body with a big uh, a big motor, but also a great running game. You have to you have to mark up on him if he goes into the line and you don't put your whole body in front of him, he'll bump you. Uh, I thought, um, your man, you've been saying his praises forever. Mm. Tago. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's going to be a serious problem this year. <clears throat> that left edge... The thing I love about that left edge is that Tago, like, he's, he's obviously playing left centre, he's got kick out inside him. They can both run the lines of back rowers and of centres, mm. the two of them, and it just... Like, the amount of times that you see um, Viliami kick out, go out the back, and, like, it's so hard. Defending them must be a nightmare. Yeah. Because they can beat you in so many ways. All, all three of them, between kick out, Tago, and Toto, they can run over the top of you. They can step you. They can they can all ball play. Mm. They've all got a little kick in them. Like, yeah. they are – they're going to be an absolute nightmare as the year goes on. And to think – I think that's the first game Tago's ever played. Uh, with uh, first NRL game with with Toto outside him, that wasn't their best the other night. It wasn't mm. even close to their best, and they absolutely gave it to Manly. If a few things go their way early, I think they could have scored close to fifty points. Yeah, which is scary to think. Nathan Cleary wasn't playing. Mm. It is. It is honestly, the Panthers are just. I, I again, I, I've had such huge raps on them for the last two years, but I think we need to really admit that when you say the Storm, when you say the Roosters, now they don't have the same history over the last 20 years, but they are in the same position as those clubs right now, in my opinion. They have just as good, if not better, juniors. Uh, they've put the runs on the board. They've been unbeaten essentially over the last two years, lost maybe six games. Uh, they're, they're, they're a threat constantly now. And they're always, I think that the next five years, what's crazy is like, they haven't really gone into market at all. They got Api Corosau, and that's really it. Outside of Api Corosau, they haven't even flexed their muscles in the market of getting a gun for unders or, you know, they got Tavita Pangai Jr. And 
they didn't even need him. They, they literally didn't need him. Like he, they he let was, him go, and they haven't. Nothing's changed. And also, like he was kind of injured for the finals, and they, I mean, Tavita came out and said that he'd stepped aside because someone had been there for you know longer period. But it was a bit wishy washy what had happened there. But they went into the finals and sweet. And they're starting to get to the point where all the guys they sign come in. Every time Scott Sorensen plays, he looks unreal. He's Sean a gun. O'Sullivan yep. looked great the other night. I mean. A, a George, sorry, um, Jennings that, that played in the trials. He was looking great. Like there's, they're becoming a serious footy side. And you know, you say you know they haven't had the same success over the last five or six years. I mean, last five or six years, Chooks have made two grand finals. Melbourne's made three, I think. This team's made two now. Mm. Like they're. That's what I mean. Tell though. me, you, you're going to bet against them to make it this year? All of a sudden, they've made three grand finals. Oh yeah, for sure. What, what I more mean is that the last ten years or so. Yep. They haven't had the same success, but we're getting to the point where we may have to recognise that they are in that bracket now. Because as you just said, yeah. they won a grand final. Um, they've uh, obviously made one and lost one. If they make another one in the next year or two, then you'd have to say it's similar, at least for the last five or six years, that they're starting to get into that conversation. Whereas I think that right now, when you say the Penrith Panthers, most people go, oh, yeah, they're guns, but they're no Storm or Roosters. Not not yet. They don't have the history. But, like, and they never will have that last, you know, the last 20 years the Storm have been dominant. So please don't think we're comparing the last 20 years. But when you look at the squad now and the systems that they have in place now, the, the youth they have, and also when you look at, when you see fringe guys go to the Panthers and they all of a sudden play really well, what does that remind you of? Yeah. The Melbourne Storm. Um, so I mean, I, we spoke about it. The, sorry to interrupt you the other day. Maverick guy, he had the opportunity to go to Melbourne. Mm. Stayed at Penrith. Like, yeah. yes, he has ties to Penrith, but like, for, to turn down a contract at the Melbourne Storm, you would have never ever done that in the past. No, no way. And so, I'm not saying they're they're the Melbourne Storm like all the Roosters because they haven't had the same success over the last 20 years. But in the context of each season right now, going forward with the way that their whole system is set up, it does reflect those systems. Like, when you, if you can get fringes in there that start playing really well, you get youth in there that is just coming through and killing it. Um, I just... I can't... If they continue with these systems and the, whatever they've got in place out there, if they can just keep doing that, they will be dominant for the next five to six years. And I think... And I'm guilty of it as much as anyone. Sometimes we get scared and worried to put team of young guys into that sort of class yeah but it's just becoming undeniable it's the same as you know as much as people want to push back on it nathan cleary is heading in direction of the guys that are behind you there yeah like yep. and as much as people don't want to admit that don't want to accept it he is mm. and this penrith side is going to build around him for a very long time i think there's a lot of guys there that are going to take less money in the future to stay in that area because they yep. love penrith mm. yeah Put Very it this scary. way. If you said to me, I can see in the future, Denon, and 10 years have gone by and the number one side wasn't the Storm, it was Penrith Panthers, I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't shock you at all. But does that mean that they are as good as the Storm's last 20 years? No, but what it means is like the systems they're putting in place are really making me step back and go, wow, we, this may be the next juggernaut that, you know, it's like uh, Manly in, during the like 2007 till 13 period, they were a juggernaut, you know, um, they, maybe they'll get back to that. Uh, and who's, who's to say that Panthers can't do a similar situation? Like, and what's different as well is like the resources Penrith have compared to Manly 
you know, obviously astronomical, like way bigger at Penrith. So, yeah, I can't. Obviously, they're not in the Roosters. Uh, sorry, they're not in the Storm category yet. But if you were to say we are seeing the first few years of a dominant decade, I wouldn't push back on it that hard at all. And the same, you know, we just had that conversation about the team, the coach. He might not be in that Robinson Bellamy top tier right now, but like he's pushing through it at a rapid rate. Absolutely, and and, and what's amazing is that. For people that are like, oh, look how good their team is in that. They were not that two years ago. They didn't even have a rep player two years ago outside of Nathan Cleary. Mate, I'm more than happy to admit, after they lost that grand final, bunch of young heads that climbed the mountain, got done on the, on the biggest stage, I, I, I wasn't convinced that they were going to be a top 14 the next yeah. year. If they'd missed the eight last year, I wouldn't have been surprised yeah. at the start of the season. And I, I, I'll own that. My concern was it would be similar-ish to the Raiders. I know the Raiders made a prelim the next year. But they had this great young side, and then they obviously lost that grand final. And, and I was you worried. Think about the Panthers, they had this great young side. They lost a grand final based on experience. They let James Tamo and Josh Mansell go, their two most experienced players. Yep. History tells us they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, mm. but they're doing it reasonably easily. It's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. The Panthers are they're a problem. They're an absolute problem. Uh, and I'm stoked for the the Panthers fans. I'm stoked for them. They've got they love rugby league and have absolutely loved rugby league so for so long and been dedicated fans to now have everything in place. You've got the finances, you've got the center of excellence, you've got this big uh, juniors uh, cachet of players to choose from, and then you've got a guy like Nathan Cleary who we don't want to admit it, but is on the trajectory to be one of the best we've ever seen. And just another element to throw in it: what the Melbourne Storm and the Roosters do very well of that is they move off players at the best time. Mm. I mean, I thought letting Mansour and Tamu go was going to be a huge mistake. With all due respect to both of them, I think the, the Penrith Panthers mo- moved off them just as their career started to come back, just because of age. But yep. they've nailed that timing as well, which is what the best clubs do. Absolutely. Like, I, 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 to- I agree. And I think we, well, I said this at the time. The Mansour situation, I totally understood why they did it. Yep. I just didn't like how they did it. Yep, and, and that's a different conversation. Yep. So I'm not saying that you're saying that you're, but. Um, but, again, it shows you how ruthless these guys are. And as, a, as one of the best clubs in the competition, you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be ruthless. And, and I'd agree, like, when you look at how much Fisher-Harris has grown since Tamiao has left, you'd have to say, the, you know, it, great for Tamiao. You've got to gig it somewhere else. And it was really good for the Panthers. They brought um, Spencer through and, and Leota, who are absolutely killing it. Leota is one of the most unsung heroes. Like, I know we give Fisher-Harris raps, but Leota has been incredible the last couple of years and i actually think wasn't even being speaking about as a smoky for origin Origin. last year uh he he just goes about his work just quietly but so aggressive such a good ball runner spencer lena who's still only like 20 21 uh tago like taylan may didn't even play like and he's a young gun as well um maverick guy you know there's so many young guns coming through. And as I well. mean, like, you have a look at their side now and you have a look at what it's going to look like next year. We know that Appy's not going to be there. We know that Kickow's not going to be there. We know they've already brought Mitch Kenny through. Mm. He's ready to take on that role. He's yep. going to be very different to Appy, but he's ready for that role. Mm. Mate, how many guys are going, to, are going to be putting their hand up for the left edge back roller spot? Kickow's been huge for them. Yeah. But Scotty Sorensen, there will be a Maverick guy there and thereabouts. By Martin was really good on the weekend. Liam Martin, there's so many guys ready to fill that void. And that's if they don't go and sign anyone. That's what's crazy is that you're telling me that Penrith Panthers in the market can't go and get the next best nine coming through. Or the next, you know, it's just, yeah, massive congratulations to Panthers. I, I, I thought the Manly were going to just be a bit too much for them, but wow. 
if you are Tariq Sims, you got a contract from Melbourne and Penrith. You're going to have a back row spot there oh. where you want to play next year. You'll either be on the left edge for the Penrith Panthers or you'll be on whichever edge you want for the Melbourne Storm. Honestly, where do you go? Wow. That is fucking so tough. The fact that we're even discussing yeah. this and it legitimately is a tough question. You, you, your brain says Melbourne, well, Melbourne, two, Melbourne, but then you look up and you're like, fuck, well, I don't there's, know. There's two things. You can go down and be coached by Bellamy, the greatest player developer we've ever seen. Or you can play at Penrith with Nathan Cleary, who may go down as the great one of the greatest players we've ever seen. It's a tough. It's I don't know what the answer is to that. I really don't. If if you had to look at who after seeing the weekend and obviously losing Christian Welsh, who right now for me is more favoured to win the comp? It's probably Penrith Panthers again. Yep. Just one game. We can only go off the information we have. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know what the answer is. Just to more it. evidence of how quick their rise has been. Yep. If I would have said that to, to you two and a half years ago, you wouldn't have even responded. You me. said that to me 12 months ago. I probably would have been At the start like, of last preseason, yeah. I said Melbourne by a country mile, 100%. don't even don't even ask me. And that's, I think that, that uh, reiterates our point of like, you know, we may need to admit that these guys, um, yes, they haven't had the last 20 years that Melbourne Storm have, but within the context of now and what the future is going to look like, Penrith Panthers may just be as big a heavyweights as Roosters and the Storm right now. And I would actually, you know, I'd, I'd even, yeah, I, it's just, it's incredible. They're not, I'm not fully over the line yet for that, but if they keep this up for another 12 rounds, you pro- probably have me over the line of going, you know what, when it comes to recruitment and, and bringing players in and the standing in the game, although they haven't achieved as much as a Storm in the last 20 years, they're probably on the even even kill yeah and i mean you look at what they've done the last two years they've lost what a handful of games they've won one premiership they've lost a grand final it hasn't been easy going they've lost like they've had a heap of injuries in that time mm-hmm. appy's missed footy you know nath cleary's missed footy jerome Luai's missed footy like they lost burton we haven't even spoken about that well we yeah. haven't even spoken this whole time the fact that they didn't have no burton and I, I respectfully to burton i think he's a fantastic player i don't think we will talk about it much it's what just shows you they'll be okay and that just shows you not Burton's a gun. It just shows you how good Penrith are right now. Look at South Sydney who lost a gun centre in Dane Gagai. It was so noticeable. It was not even funny. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. But, but, but just for example, yeah, Penrith, no, for sure, they for lose sure. Dally M centre and I, I kind of forgot. Mm. Wow. Wow. Uh, Crichton, I thought Stephen Crichton looked fantastic. He is, he's an athlete. Uh, yeah, I just... We'll stop wrapping Penrith up. I know yeah. it'll sting people, but I'm just... Uh, I'm shocked. And this is, this is coming from two blokes. We tip, you tip Manly? No, I did tip Penrith, but... Okay. Well, I tipped Manly. So this yeah. is coming from a bloke that a week ago... I wasn't confident on it, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I was worried that they would struggle without Cleary. I, how wrong I was. How wrong I was. Uh, now, Manly. Yeah, um, play the Roosters this week. So What a game. What a fucking game. I can't wait. I love bounce back round. Yeah. Fantastic. For both round. teams. For both teams, yep. There's a couple of good Shit. bounce back games coming our way, but... Um, Manly, they took on Penrith without Cleary. They got dusted. If they get dusted by the Roosters this week, who played pretty average this week, Ryan Girdler might be the least of the worries <laughs> who's going to come out realistically. Like, Look, let, let, let's talk real. That's mm, what's going to happen. Mm. It's, um, it's the most bizarre team to comment on in the NRL, bar none. Uh, and this is... This is not because, obviously, Hello Sport are massive fans or whatever. This is just genuine trying to analyse it. When you watch that game, in of itself, you go, wow, there's some problems there. 
But then you broaden the context and you broaden your scope and you go, well, they looked even worse last year and looked where they turned, turned things around. So if I'm a Manly fan, absolutely, you know, not panic stations, don't worry. But just judging that game specifically, um, I, I was really surprised at how much they struggled. I was really surprised at how not ready they seemed for Penrith Panthers to play the way they did. Like what, what we saw was one team played exactly the way they played in the grand final, crazy defense and just locking you in your edge and basically just squeezing the life out of you. And we also saw another team play similar to the way they played at the end of last year. Uh, and so the issue now for Manly is if this continues against, like, let's say they, as you said, go against the Roosters, all of a sudden it goes from, yeah, they struggle a little bit against better teams, but that kind of is expected because they're not as good as those teams. Those teams are better at this point to, oh, shit, like we have a team that really does struggle against top-tier teams regardless of who are they, who they are. Um, yeah, like, again... It's just round one, so it's not like panic stations, but I, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned. They didn't look like scoring to me. That's what I'm so surprised at. I just, and, you know, we, we'll say it again. It is round one, so there's a long way to go, and I'll say that about a number of teams today. Yeah. But what I will say is that the thing about round one is that you've got six months to amp yourself up for that game. You've got six months of the only team that lifted the trophy was the Panthers last year, so every other team should have been pissed off for the last six months waiting for this game to come mm. around. And for Manly to put in that performance, I was, I was very surprised. Like, oh, and what's you know it's like. So I had the the captains run uh, every Thursday, um, nine till twelve New South Wales time, eight till eleven Queensland time. And I said to Smithy, I said, game plan for me. If I'm you know, the biggest concern with Manly, is that first twenty minutes. They they I find when they get to the big games. That first 20 minutes, they just can't go with the best teams. And then for the rest of the game, they're just kind of chasing their tail. And so if I'm Penrith, I'm just bashing them for 20 minutes. And usually, they, they, they struggle for the rest of the game. Whereas when you play a team that's lower on the ladder, you can afford to have those first 20 minutes off. A perfect example was the Cowboys leading into last year's final series. Do you remember that first half against mm, the Cowboys? Yeah. It was a close game. It was a close game. And the Manly didn't look like the same Manly. And then they came out the second half and put like 30 on them. Um, I think the same thing happened with the Gold Coast Titans. And so there seems to be a pattern that the Manly start, if they don't get the start that they want against the best teams uh, and they don't, they're not the ones setting the tone, they really, really struggle to, to win those games. Manly fans won't like it, but I thought in the first 20 minutes they won Lotto. They had so many things go their way. They had so many tries that were turned over from Penrith. And, mate, to be honest, I thought that when Tapao and um, Toa Sipley went off, Manly lost a lot of grunt, mm. a lot. So mate, the more you talk about that first 20 minutes, the more I think back and think I thought they, they almost looked better through the middle in the first 20 minutes. Then when those two, two guys went off, they lost a lot of punch. And mate, it, it should have been 18-0 after 20 minutes. Mm. No, for sure. But they, they still were dominated. Like Yeah. And the same thing happened with the Melbourne Storm. If you go back and watch that Melbourne Storm final, the first 20 minutes, the Melbourne Storm came out and just bashed them. And it really, it's, because then they they seem to, they seem to go into this mode of like, oh shit, we need points, we need points. And they start throwing the ball around and and whatever. Whereas, um, so Mike, if, if I'm Desi, 
it's funny, Anthony Minicello, Minicello told me a great story about Trent, uh, Trent Robinson. So he, uh, Robinson came to the club 2013. They were at a camp, had done the camp all week. I'm pretty sure they were at a camp. He sat them all down. He said, what do you think our problem is, guys? Like he had, and Robinson had gone through all the video, everything. And all the boys were like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, and he goes, we're a shit second half side. Like we're great in the first half. We're shit in the second half. Anyway, so the year goes on and the whole focus for the year was second half, second half. Guess what happens? They get to the grand final. Yep. They're sitting behind the try line and they go, boys, we're, we're, when we are a second half side now, they go on to win the grand final. And I think that what Manly need to start looking at potentially, and maybe they already are, like obviously Desi and all those boys know way more than I do and they're better footy players, but they maybe need to look at that first 20 minutes and just focus on that. Like just look at that and go, we can't allow teams to set the tone on us. We need to set the tone on them. If they're bashing us, let's bash them. Let's not wait. Let's not try to ease ourselves into the game. Because, um, yeah, like it, 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 was, it was quite concerning. It wasn't really the score that concerned me. It was just the, the lack of urgency at times from Manly. And maybe that was due to Penrith's incredible ability to just choke you out of a game. Uh, so... Again, we'll say the disclaimer, just so you know, it's only one game. And they could come back next week and kill it. And also, they have a history of starting slow and going really well. But um, I think the reality with Manly is, though, that, you know, as poorly as they played the other night, I'm still confident that nine times out of ten, they'll beat ten teams in this competition. Mm. Yeah, But the reality is Manly aren't in the let's make the top eight category anymore. Mm. They're in the trying to win a premiership category and they're going to have to beat these Panthers. They're going to have to beat the Sydney Roosters, these sort of sides. And for me, honestly, that's all I'm really looking at with Manly during the regular season. Can they knock over these sides? Mm. Um, the first test, they didn't pass for well, me. What's crazy is like, and as we spoke about this, this wasn't a test for me. Remember what I said to you? I said, if they win this game, that doesn't convince me. Because yeah, Cleary's not there. Because Cleary's not there. It, it'll convince me. And what we ended up getting to round 12, didn't we? Round 12 was when we would be convinced of whether Manly were a premiership threat. So it's, a, it's a long time to sit around. Like, if they, if they do lose to the Chooks next week, it's a long time to sit And, mate, even if they beat the Chooks, I'm, I mean, people are still going to remember this, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, we again... Said, we said, sorry, we said round eight against Rabbitohs and then round 11 and 12 against Eels. <coughs> well, I mean, right now, Rabbitohs aren't the side. Yeah. So, so round, round 11 and 12 are Eels-Melbourne. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so um, I think that the... Let's look at glass half full. The glass half full is they were in a. They probably looked worse last year, um, so they have an ability to bounce back. We know for sure. So if I'm a Manly fan, anything I'd say to you if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps is that they have been in far worse situations and bounced back from them. And mate, the reality is a week is a long time in rugby league. Twenty five weeks is an eternity, eternity. which is when it's going to matter for Absolutely. Manly. Absolutely. So like obviously we can look at that game by itself and be really disappointed for Manly and Manly fans and disappointed at key things. But when you're looking at it from a season's perspective, it's just one game. You know, I think that Desi will be putting it behind him. I, I do believe that if there is anything Desi should do, it should be focusing on that first 20 minutes. It should be like, we need to turn into a team that sets the tone from the start. Let's not worry about the points at the end of the game that we pile on the lower tier teams. Let's worry about that first 20. I think even like when they played the Bulldogs and they towed them up, that first 20 that was quite close, let's, let's go into games. Because uh, I think Ivan Cleary said a few years ago, he said, we focus on the first seven sets or something like that, something along those lines. And we try to be perfect for the first seven sets and then we feel everything else falls into yeah. place. And I think that Manly could maybe 
try something similar. What, what was there any players that you know positive light for you? Um, it was, mate, it was a tough game to get positives out of. I thought for them to, to be completely mm. honest with you, uh, Penrith, I thought Foran had a massive dig. Yeah, thought Foran had a crack. I just I, I'm yeah. I, I just feel with Foran like he is maybe just becoming a yard too slow. Mm. And um, fuck, I hope I'm wrong. Mm. God, I hope I'm wrong because I love watching Foz. I love the way that he plays and love the way that he's able to think fast and play slow. But um, I don't know. It just felt to me that no matter what they threw at them, they knew exactly what was coming. Mm. And I, I, I thought uh, young Ethan Bullimore, he was pretty handy for them. Coming down from the Broncos, I've always really liked him. Uh, as I said, I thought Toa Sipley and Marty Tapao were, were their best front rowers. But... Um, yeah, a hard game to stand out in, if I'm completely yeah. honest. I think tactics-wise, what they can learn from that game is that the Penrith Panthers, they're so fucking get off the line so fast that a bit of ball playing, safe ball playing at the line from your forwards can really mm. uh, really tear that apart. Because what basically happens is if your whole line is just shooting up really quick and you get little tip-ons, you get one-on-one tackles, and the, the issue for if everyone's constantly shooting up then everyone outside is past the ball. Very hard to retreat again. And yeah, okay, yeah. All of a sudden, you create an environment where either they become tender and they don't want to shoot up because they're like, fuck, I'm doing massive shuttles, or you fatigue them. And so what, what I think that Manly should consider looking at when playing a team that just takes so much time away from you from how aggressive their forwards are is just, just run block shapes constantly of uh, a front row, front row, and then someone out the back. And then just 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 tip on, just get to the line, tip on. Get to, I know it's more risky, but that's how you fatigue teams like that. Whereas if you don't do that, and it's just one off the rock stuff, sounds really simple, but that's what Penrith want. Like go one off the rock, we will fucking jam you and get four people in the tackle. I will say this about Manly, just based on round one, and hopefully I'm right, but it looks like the competition will be a little bit closer this year mm. for me. I think Manly were their own worst enemy last year because they beat everyone by 60. Mm. They, they didn't take anything out of that. And then all of a sudden you get to Roosters, Penrith, and it's a completely different game. It's a, mm. it's a different sport all of a sudden. Hopefully this year it'll be a little bit closer and Manly can start to get that edge in those close games and, and start to play more of them yeah. against opposition. Um, we'll decide whether Manly have been successful in 30 weeks, not in the first weeks. So. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, I do believe with Manly as well, it doesn't seem to be working out on the edge for you. You need to start, and it's very easy to sit here fucking doing nothing, telling these players what to do in the fast motion, but you need to start looking at, okay, we're struggling outside, so let's let's look two plays ahead. Let's go, who's our big bopper that we know can get a quick play of the ball? Like, let's say Paseca is on. I don't, did he play Paseca? I think he did, yeah. That's but you, you, you go get Paseca, and you jump out of hooker, you give Paseca a short ball, he gets a quick play of the ball, and you set up, uh, Tommy on the inside for the next play and in those those scenarios where you're using it's like a two a two play play where you're making sure per second gets a quick play the ball before you go rather than waiting for a random player just to get it those players you cannot defend whereas like if you are struggling to to make meters out wide they w- they can always be defended but quick play the balls with like little short inside balls they can't be defended so um if, if I was Manly, if I, if I start to struggle and people are starting to, you know, scream in on Tommy on the edges, I just, you know, focus in the middle, get my big boppers, you know, good, clean ball off a hooker where he holds the markers and then gets in behind the markers. And then you just make sure that Tommy's there for the next play to in a little inside ball, have someone on the outside as well. 
Um, that's the way you can kind of, uh, I guess, combat a team that seems to be absolutely shutting you down out, out, out wide. Um, the second played, he came on in the 20th minute. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, so he's a big bobber. It'd be like, okay, if I'm at the Storm and we are just struggling to break out in their edges, they're so good on edge defence. You get a guy like Nelson to hit some short balls off the hooker and you ha already have the place set up with Tommy Trevojevic on your inside and then maybe get a big bopper on your outside so they think you're going again and you just go boom, boom, inside. Tommy Trevojevic, at the very least, will get a quick play the ball and then you go again, you go again. That's... Um, Again, they're much better footy minds than me. That's just me looking from the outside in as a fan. Oh, I think one other thing I noticed this weekend that, you know, the game has slowed down a touch. It's more – it's not back to where we were. I think you said to me before, it's faster than where we were. Mm. But I, I think your your hooker play is going to be so important Yeah, for now. sure. I mean, I, I, I know Parramatta – we'll talk about them in a minute. But the way that Reid Marnie was getting out of the ruck and just manipulating your markers – it's going to come back to being so important. I don't think it was as important last year. You could sort of get away with just, you know, just if you win one tackle, all of a sudden yeah. you got six again and then you've won the set. Your hookers now, you've got to really manipulate your markers and, 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 and take them out of play. This is what Cam Smith was so bloody good at for so oh, long. So good. It was so good. Actually, I, I, I'm trying to think of the game where oh, – Reed did it. Yeah, Reed did it. They went down the short side. Dylan Brown got a really quick play the ball. Reed pops out again down the short side, and it's just like oh, that's a top tier hooking. So play. easy for Reed to drift there, but just because he played straight, he yep. just, it just opened up straight away. Yep. Really good hooker play by Reed. He, he didn't. I think he kicked a forty twenty, but the stats yeah. and everything didn't show how good Reed Marnie played. Yep, for sure, absolutely. So, um, look, concerning game for Manly, but for a season, we've seen him come back from uh, way worse. So don't be too concerned. Now, this this what I predicted this to be game of the round. And in my opinion, I don't, I don't feel it dis disappointed. I thought it was an absolute cracking game. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked for both clubs. I think I'm stoked for the Raiders. You know, Ricky was yipping and yahooing. And, and, and even though we laugh at some of the stuff Ricky says and we, you know, take the piss about how angry he is, he's such a good character for the game. Like, he's, he, he wears his heart in his sleep. And I thought that the interview when he talking about Whiten really showed what he – it showed the best of Ricky – now, yeah. don't get me wrong. If you get on his wrong side, he will. He's, you know, if you go to war with Ricky, it's fucking the gloves are off. But if you're in his camp, he clearly really cares about his players. Yeah, for sure. And that's always been Ricky. Yeah, you know, that's been Ricky for twenty years. And there's been a heap that have got on the wrong side of him, and they're probably the ones you hear the most from, realistically. Mm. Uh, but the guys that he does back, like the, the way that he's back White over the last few years, I. I wouldn't have had the balls to stick with White at six. Mm. I'll happily admit it. I would have made a change way before Ricky Stewart did. But it's come out the other side. I We say round one. Uh, for this one, it was more so performance over result for me. And both these teams look like the real deal to me. Yep. Yeah. I'm As much as the Sharks. I mean, if the Sharks would have won this game and the Raiders lost, I don't really change my opinion on these sides mm. at all. Well, Sharks, Sharks should have won the game. They, they should have. A yep. poor error from um, Ramian. Yep. Really, really surprised. Like, I feel like you know, Ramian. He's got so much potential. Like, he's and he, and he's still a great, a really good first grader. Like, I would obviously always have him aside. He's such a good ball runner. He's aggressive. Just these little things where you're like, oh man, like not looking at the ball, and then you take the player, and and it's not. He's not the reason they lost. You know, there's 80 minutes of football, but it's just these little things that can can take Ramian to that next level. 
Uh, and he could so easily go to that next easy. level. Easy. I mean, if he's wearing an origin jersey, I know Tom and you know, Latrell are in the centre, so it's going to be very hard. But if one of them go down and they bring Ramey in, in over the next few years, like I know you've still got Stags, Lomax, blah, blah. I know I understand all that. But if if you said to me in two or three years' time, Ramey in his hit form and he has made the origin side, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So huge wraps on him. But it was just a crucial time where you're like, fuck, you're, be- you're a better player than that. You're a, you're a much better player than that. Um, I think the standout for me here is that both these teams, like they're still trying to work out new combinations. Mm. They both had new sevens. The Raiders lost their nine halfway through. As much as Tom Starling um, came in and he's played there before, they're still working out combos. Uh, Elliot Whitehead played 13. I kind of liked it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he was him. actually he, – he, I love Elliot Whitehead, for one. He's yeah. such a fucking good bloke. Um, any interaction I've had with him, he's just a legend. But I, I he played much better than I thought he would. Um, honestly – if I'm being honest, if there was one like one negative that kind of stood out for me, I, I really thought Moylan and, and Hines didn't click the way I, I thought they were going to click, and I think that um, I think Moylan's position may be under pressure from Trindle. Yeah, I think his position, as much as I love Moyes, I think his position will be under pressure. Um, but does that surprise you as they didn't play in a trial with each other? It does, but it wasn't just the clicking. It was like certain decisions, certain executions of plays that. I just kind of felt like... I also... I, I, I've never really felt that Moisa is a six. I think he's a one, but his body's just let him down too often mm-hmm. as a one that he's now But if I just feel like six. if Whiten can be a six, Moylan can be a six. You know what I mean? There were just a few decisions mm-hmm. that he made where I thought... And, and again, you're totally right. He played uh, no trials. But there were a few decisions where I thought it's either rust, like, and, it, and that's the, the answer probably is rust, but if you're if you're Matt Moylan, who we all think is incredible, probably need to deliver a little bit more for your side. Because in my opinion, Matt Moylan's talent is truly some of the best in the comp, in the NRL period. Like I he's so silky when he's on and he sees things that a lot of players don't see. And he's the kind of player that has time that you don't know how he has that time, but he just always has time. Um, but I just felt like there were times where he probably just didn't deliver what he needed to deliver to his team. Um, don't get me wrong, first game, as, as we said. Uh, but I do feel like he could have given a little bit. It, it was 50-50. He had some really good moments too, really good moments. But there were just a few kicking choices that I was like, mm, I don't know if that was the, the best choice at the time. The kicking game's always going to be a thing with Moiser, though. Mm. He isn't a natural kicker. He's, you know, I would say the other thing for him as well, that you know, I spent the whole preseason playing down that left edge with Wade Gray in there. He's not there now. Uh, but in saying that... That trisis that Nico Hines threw the Beautiful. tight wheel, just perfect. So, but that's uh, but that's what I mean. Where like, if Nico is delivering the standard yep. he's delivering, I feel like Moisa definitely. Like you tell me, Moisa can't do what Nico can do. Absolutely, he can. Yeah. Absolutely, he can. Uh, it's just yeah. that, that that consistency with Moisa, you just you never quite know. That's what I mean. Get. That's what yeah. I mean, and that's where like, you know, I, and it's just a trial. It's just a trial. But I thought uh, Hines and Trindle's connection just seemed to be a little bit better. Mm. I felt. Um, and rightly so It's their first game together So it's, it's going to take time to, to gel But I just I didn't see that same synergy As I saw yeah. Maddie, can you have a look Who the Sharks played this week? Uh, um, They're playing Para this week What a game Fuck So good to have footy back So good What I, what I am stoked though I'm glad Moisa Got through a game Injury yep. free Wasn't limping around Didn't Any of that stuff So the positive for, for Sharkies is is, is is If Moylan Um if that was just his first game, a little bit rusty, which is totally understandable, and if he can hit his strides, fuck, they're looking good. And on the, 
the even more positive side is how good is it having Trindle, Moylan and Hines at your club? Well, that's the thing, yeah. And going, think about how crazy it is. Going into this season, the one knock was they do not have halves. Now we're sitting here going, actually, Moisa and Trindle will be putting pressure on each other to keep their spot. Yeah, no, they're sitting in a good spot. And Moisa, you know, he's obviously had a terror run with hamstrings. I thought it was good to see him kick that field goal at the end too. For sure, he, he wouldn't have He wouldn't have had the confidence to do that yep. the last few years. No way. So it was, it, yeah, again, please don't think that I'm sitting here saying he played terribly. There were just like little pit, bits here and there. I was like, oh... A little bit rusty. Just yeah, and that's always been the way with Moylan, that because his talent is just so high. Crazy, crazy. You expect it from him every single week. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know what the answer is with Moyes. As you said, though, if he does hit his stride. Well, how, how did you feel he played? I, I, I thought he did his job, um, but I, I also... From watching Moisa for a number of years, I wasn't expecting too much because he hadn't played a trial. Yeah, okay. So you feel rusty? Yeah, I, I think he was rusty. Uh, but mate, even when Moisa is going really good, he can still have his games where mm. you forget he's out there sometimes. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, it'll be interesting come round three. Uh, Do you reckon he keeps his spot? I reckon he will. I reckon they'll give really? him a few more weeks. I reckon... Um, Actually... Uh, I reckon Trindle gets it back. Because like... Let's say, let's say Moisa just plays solidly. Mm. The, the issue is, is you just don't know if his body's going to hold up. So what's, what's the smartest? Is a smarter decision to play the young guy that you know is going to get a year out, most likely outside of you know, injury, yep. and then bring in Moylan if Trindle doesn't go well. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like if you, every game that Trindle isn't there, it's a game he can't gel with Hines. Um, and I know you could say the same for Moylan, but Moylan's a veteran. He's, he's, you know, yep. He can come in and, and do a job. I, I think that, yeah. I, I reckon Trindle returns in Jersey 14. 14? Yep. Yeah, it's tough. If Moylan plays the way we know he can, then he keeps a spot for keeps sure. Keeps a spot without a doubt. I, yeah. I don't know. I just get a feeling out of that camp that Craig Fitzgibbon is trying to build towards a future to a degree. And so I think that like he may, in saying that, oh, Moylan, I don't know what the answer is. It's just great signs for the Sharks. Yeah. Great signs. And you, you can probably talk more about it, but... I would imagine the impact of not having Craig Fitzgibbon there when yeah. going to Canberra. Massively. That, that takes a hit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, yeah, I thought Nico was good in patches. I thought there's still – Nico is still um, trying to find his timing sometimes and players outside him are unsure to go under, to hit short. Uh, but I thought it was a good, a, like, solid, really solid uh, outing by him. Oh, for sure. It's the first oh. – like respectfully, it's the first game he's played where he hasn't been in a team that works like clockwork. Yep. So it's going to take time. That's why I, I, I didn't expect the Sharks to hit the ground running straight away. You, you're, you know, you got to remember that Cam McInnes wasn't there, Wade Graham wasn't there. Like there's a heap of guys that aren't. Connor Tracy's not there still. They had Mulatalo playing in the centres for the first time in the NRL. Like for them to compete in this game, I thought was very impressive. And as much as I think we forget how much of a hard road trip. Canberra and Canberra is. Oh, man. 100%. It's a tough gig. So, as I said at the start, Sharks might have lost, but I haven't changed my opinion on them at all. It's just going to take time. Uh, player I did, I think, is really coming into his own, and he actually, I nearly had him into my team of the week, uh, Blake Braley. I thought he was good, man. I thought his running game was very sharp. Obviously, the try was fantastic. Gets through 44 tackles, uh, runs 66 metres, um, one tackle break, one offload. Um yeah, I think – sorry, one one tackle break, one line break. Uh, I thought he was really good. 
this is the Blake Braley that we saw coming through. Yeah, okay. I think I think we spoke about it during this during the preseason that at some point you're going to see this Blake Braley and he's going to explode when he does. I wasn't convinced it was going to be this year, to be yep. honest with you. But I will say this: I mean, last year if Blake Braley wasn't your hooker, who else was it going to be? There was no one else there. Yep. He's had the young bloke from um, from up in the Queensland Cup, Jaden Beryl, come down there, and I think you would have seen how talented he is. Mm. Watched him for Newtown on the weekend, and Blake Braley would want to keep playing good footy because Beryl killed it. Oh, did he? Yep. So he had a full preseason well. under his belt, first grade preseason, playing well. Okay, yep. he, great he, signs. He's ready. So once again, you, you got Moisa and you've got Trindle pushing for that jersey, yep. that nine jersey. You'd want to keep playing good footy. Someone's going to take it. It's great for Cronulla. Mate, that is um, that's really good news, and and I think Blake uh, Braley probably played the best. It's the best I've ever seen him look in NRL. Yeah, in, in, NRL. in NRL, yeah. Um, you know, so great signs that they they've got a reserve grade nine that's also you know pushing um, pushing Blake. Uh, it's just looking good. I thought Teague Wilson had some uh, some good uh, touches. Dale Finucan, forty five tackles, zero missed. I mean, are you surprised? It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, look I, again. I thought uh, I thought the the Sharkies looked really good. I think Sharkies fans don't be don't be too disappointed at all at all. If anything, I uh, I think you should be excited. It's a very positive loss. Absolutely, like you've still got Cam McGinnis and Wade Graham to come back and Trindle. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's looking really really good because at the moment on the bench they don't really have a utility. So Trindle, yeah, I think Trindle absolutely will get that fourteen role then for sure. Um, so yeah, it's looking really good for the Sharkies. I wouldn't be surprised if they kick on and do everything we thought they would do this year. Now, I think it's interesting to point out that they're playing their first home game in about three years this week. Wow, that's crazy! Yeah, good. Get down there, Shark Park, buddy. The Nullah. Yeah, because they moved to um, Win Stadium for a while, or, or like Oakley Cogra. for a while, yeah. and then COVID happened. It's been mm. chaos down there. Um, <coughs> now, onto the mighty Raiders. How do you think they went? I thought they did well, mate. Um, considering they lost their halfback a week ago, I thought they did incredibly well. Schneider came in; he did a good job. I personally, as as we said before, we both like the look of Elliot Whitehead. I think he's going to be a real key to it, especially now. Josh Hodgson, I thought he was going to be out for longer than what he is. I think it's only like two to four weeks, yeah, which two is weeks positive. Some, yeah. uh, but I, I just think with the way that Schneider plays and the way that Whiten plays, neither are really that organising sort of seven. I think Whitehead's going to be really important. Yeah. And I, uh, I I wouldn't have picked him there. Mm. I wouldn't have even considered picking him there, to be honest with you. But I thought he played really well, and I think he opened it up for Schneider. I think that uh, Ricky's obviously part of the reason why he's gone for Schneider is his defence. I, I think he made 30 tackles. He missed two or three. Something along those yeah, 30, lines. Yeah, 31 tackles, two missed, which is really fucking good. Pretty good. For a debut half... Oh, not debut, but for a first-time halfback that you're getting a lot of traffic sent at you, uh, I thought he did Guess guess um, Guess how many tackles Nathan Cleary made on debut? 37. It was like 40-plus. Yeah. And it was against the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Fucking hell. Cooper Cronk just coming at you all day. Fuck. What a nightmare debut. Um Raiders, I'm stoked for you. Jackie Whiten looked like 2019 Jackie Whiten. Yeah. You know, the best thing about Jack Whiten is now that he's got a genuine gun outside him in Matty Tomoka. Mm. You can't leave this guy one-on-one. Tomoka It's going to create scary. so much space for mm. Whiten and Tomoka. They're going to work really well. And you've got Hudson Young out there who I love Hudson Young. He's yep. just you, – you You picked him in your team of the week and as soon as I saw his name, I sort of went, shit, shit. Yeah, <laughs> happens one. to me all I the time. I slept on Hudson Young. But Thought even they're like, hard to do. I never do them for my They're fucking tough. 
I was up all night going, Wait till oh. you post the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Bro, the amount of like emotional connection people have to who they thought played well, people blow up and it's just like, man. And it, and there's been plenty of times where I've posted and someone will say a name in the comment section. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a, yeah. that's a great, great thought. Um, I think it's, well, it's, it's tough for fans because like, it, let's say you're a fan and you just watch your game and your player played sick, but even like even if he is supposed to be the best player in that position for the round, it's very hard to remember every detail of every game yeah. when you watch every single game. Um, so I understand. I mean, it's great that the fans are passionate. I I, I think it's um, and sometimes they're right. Sometimes you're like you know what you're fucking right. Um, so actually, yeah, we'll post our team of the week um, later today. So that should be an interesting exercise. I I already know like. Guys like Dominic Young played really well. I, I know. I think I know the players that people are going to be like, "Oh fuck, didn't leave this player in," which is which is great. I, I um sign of a good competition. Absolutely, bloody oath, bloody oath. Um, I thought Josh Papali'i was back to his his uh, barnstorming ways. Seven tackle breaks, twenty one tackles, no misses. Um, to mock off. but you know who else I thought had a like he didn't wow, like he wasn't. Oh shit, look at this kid. But I thought James Schiller actually did quite a job out there for a rookie, mate. That um. I, if I was a Canberra Raiders fan, the thing I'd be most excited about is when that last play Ikevalu was going to score, the two bodies that were underneath him, Schiller mm. and Schneider. Yeah. Your two, your two young guys with question marks on them. I don't know. They just they just feel like Ricky Stewart sort of guys, tenacious. Yep. They're just going to hang in there. I thought Schneider did oh, – sorry. I, I, I thought that Schiller did really well. Um I wasn't expecting a heap out of him, mm. to be honest with you. Uh, but he well and truly held his own. Very good signs for Canberra. Ironically, he kind of plays a bit like Croker. <laughs> Ironically. He's got well, that headgear on. He's kind of a little bit... I don't know about you, but Schneider and Schiller, they could yeah. have been the same human for I know, me out I there. Didn't. I was like... I, I, like It took yeah. me like half a game to realise, oh, that's a different fucking person. Different guy. Yeah. I think it's a tats that, that, that sold it for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Brad Schneider the half... There's just something about the way he moves that makes me think class. Now, he did have that one fucking brain explosion where he didn't kick the ball grubber. <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, I thought he was really, really good. Really good. Um, you know, he had some okay kicks. Defense was solid. Uh, I'd also rather my young sevens to have the occasional brain explosion because they back themselves than hide away from the ball, though. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's what I like about him. He, he's a goer. He doesn't hide away. Fuck, I love halfbacks that come in and make their tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thirty-two tackles, thirty-one tackles for a, a guy debuting is fucking fantastic against this pack too. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, he may not have had the flashy plays, but it is no coincidence that Jack Whiten looks like the old Jack Whiten. He needs a seven to release him, and Schneider did that. And I think if he continues on this progressive path, I, I agree. I think Fogarty will really have to fight to get that jersey back. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting, Hodgson obviously went down. Um, I, I personally think that they look like a better side when Starling starts. Really? Uh, I thought Starling... His service is a bit that's what all I, over I, the place. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. But, yeah, I don't know. If I'm playing Canberra, I'm so much more worried if I have to mark up Tom yeah. Starling at night. I just want to see Hodgson play footy this year to make a choice on that because I'm still unsure as to who I would yeah. have starting. There were times where Starling, running game is so dangerous, all that, but he does, it does get a little bit clunky sometimes. Um, and so I think that's obviously, you know, that's like any really good running nine. Like even Cookie has sometimes where it gets a bit clunky yep. because he's thinking, should I run, should I not run? Uh, but 
you know, I do believe Starling had a good game. I yeah. do believe Starling and had a good at the game. Sa- and I'm sort of arguing against myself here. But at the same time, if the game that we saw at the weekend stays the way it is, like for the last two years, I thought the game's been moving towards Starling. Mm. If it stays the way it did on the weekend, you could argue it is moving back towards Hodjo a little yeah. bit. And to um, Starling coming on for impact. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, I really nailed myself there. But <laughs> that's fair. Um, but it's interesting, you know, we, the thing is we don't know what the rest are going to do. You know, we don't know. That's the exact, yeah. Eels versus Titans, it was old, It was new, fast-paced stuff. And then some other games, it was, you know, old-school stuff. But, I, I again, all in all, great weekend of footy. Um, yeah, Raiders, uh, Corey Hutter, and Naira, re-signing is really good for you guys. Uh, Hudson Young is going top in our gun. Look, I just think, I, I think Raiders looking all right. They're looking all right. I, I don't think that they are going to play the same type of footy they did last year. Yeah, I agree. I had them penciled in at eighth with the Dragons, and mm. I still can't split the two of them, to be honest with you, who I've got at eighth spot. See, I, after watching just that game, I would have them just a little bit above the Dragons. The dra- yeah, probably okay. six to seven. Um, dragons looked decent in patches, especially that first 10, 15. But then there was just this weird... Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, we'll get to it. But, yeah, look, Raiders and Sharkies fans, I'm stoked for Ricky, you know... He's been taken up the arse, and now he's not. He's winning. And that's what we want. We want a happy Ricky. Guns ahead. Do they both play finals footy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. For sure. Oh, well, not for sure. Like, if I say for sure, it'll get clipped but up. They're, and they're they in your eight right Abs- now. Right now, absolutely. I would have them from five to eight. Yeah, okay. um, and, and honestly, after watching that game, I think that they could, they could really give the top-tier teams a red-hot crack. A red-hot crack. So, so these are the only two teams for you that you see coming from outside the eight last year into this year? Uh, and the Dragons. But the Dragons after the weekend, I'm still, like, I still yeah, think okay. that they Smokies. Yeah. Um, but these, these two are definitely the teams that can really challenge that yeah, okay. you know, top five, uh, top six. Uh, maybe not get fifth or sixth, but fight, fight against them. Yeah. Uh, the, it, these are two teams I wouldn't want to play in finals. No fucking way. No way. Fuck that. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, I looked and I was like, Hines, has Hines been moved to the other side of the field compared to the trials? And that was interesting because I was like, oh, so Moylan has been moved to Hines' side because um, I think Hines was on uh, Nakora's side in the, trials. Right in the trials. yeah. And then, but when I was watching the game, it looked like Hines was on the other side. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah, and I just, my, my, my notes here say Moylan end of set decisions were just, um, just a bit rusty. Uh, what else? Yeah, again, I think um, great signs for both clubs. Get excited, get excited. Now, on to Broncos versus Rabbitohs. Uh, what did you think about this game? Uh, I did not see this one coming at all. You said it last week, credit to you. I, yeah, rattled me, to be honest with you. Mm. They were very impressive, Brisbane. I, I mean, in saying that, they were impressive. I still think they can get so much better. Mm. So much better. Uh, impressive for them to win, but just performance-wise, they have still got a heap more in them. That right side, between Selwyn Cobo and Tony Staggs, I mean, on a good day, they should have scored two tries each, I think. Mm. They had so many opportunities, it was not even funny. Whether it was you know, poor hands or just mistiming their run or whatever it might be, they, I, I thought they left so many points on the board out there. Payne Haas, I'm sure you're going to talk about him, but fuck... What planet is he from? It's insane. Honestly. It's insane. For, like, there was all the stats and everything which are mind-blowing. 
for him to get there and catch that kick on the full, mm. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Just relax. Yeah. What are you doing there? It's insane. It's insane. He is like I, I want I want scientists to test his body, yeah. like his cardiovascular. How does he have that much gas? I think it, it was one of the commentators that said, it, and it was spot on. They said that this whole weekend there are guys because it's round one. Fair enough, there are guys cramping and breaking down everywhere. Mm. This big bit of gear just goes for 70 minutes doing more work. He made 45 tackles. Only missed one, 187 uh, metres run, 82 post contact, three tackle breaks, four offloads, 45 tackles, 70 minutes. And it's, uh, I think another thing that people no undervalue sometimes is that every time Payne Haas runs the ball, the whole team G's themselves up yep. to get him. It's the same as when Malolo that people underappreciate. Like, or, or the Rabbitohs would have spent so much time on Payne Haas this week. It's mm. not even funny. Yeah. And he still comes out with a performance like that. It was, you know. And he doesn't do anything that you're not expecting. He does the same thing. You know what's coming. You just yeah. can't stop it. You literally cannot stop it. He's too big. He's too strong. It's, uh, he is, he's something special. He truly is something special. I cannot, um, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't put it into words because it's just like, who's ever done what he's doing? You know, outside Jason Tamalolo at 13, uh, yeah, I just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, Broncos, what a performance. What a performance. I, I, I just felt like that they had so much to play for and they had that youthful energy of just like, let's just, let's ambush these blokes. Let's ambush these blokes. Uh, Suncorp Stadium, you know, Ben Eichens there now. Interesting as well, I actually had a conversation with one of the players um, just via DMs. And I just said, oh, good luck this weekend. And he said, uh, this was before the game, a, few, a couple of days. And he said, um, don't worry, we'll make you proud. And I was like, that's when I knew that these guys are in the right headspace. Not because, and mainly because like, I'm a fucking nobody in Broncos history, like a literal nobody. But the fact that they're sitting there thinking, we'll make you proud, like a, no, a nobody. Imagine what they're thinking to like Lockyer and Talos and that. And I just knew they were in the right mindset, like that, that they knew they had so much to play for. It felt like you had identity again. 100%. For the first time in yeah. a long time. There was a couple of moments in the back end of last year where, where little games you could see it. They weren't able to do it consistently. Um, I mean, considering you didn't have Reynolds and considering how you looked in the fucking trials. Yeah. The trials looked like you hadn't met each other before. Oh, it was crazy. All over the place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden come together in this game. And you know what? Yeah. Bunny's missing. Latrell Mitchell, you know, had to move AJ to fullback. Mate, you've still got some of the best attacking players in rugby league on that yeah. side of the field. Yeah. You've got two gun back rowers, good middles. You've got the Australian hooker. You've got the Australian 13. And you, you went into a grand final without Latrell. You know, like, so... And you took the, the grand finals. So oh, it was an incredible performance by the Broncos. I was super, just super proud. Like, I, I was at the, at the watching it thinking... I don't even care about the result. I just love the fact that these boys have gone out and ripped and teared for 80 minutes. So if we get beaten, that's fine. It's, it, we see identity. We see you know, a play style. We see them working for each other. Uh, I've got to give massive raps to Albert Kelly and Billy Walters. Um, first of all, from a personal perspective, Albert Kelly, uh, I was a bit unsure of what he would deliver. I thought he was fantastic. The only knock, and this is because he's not a seven, he's a six. The only thing is his kick game just... You know, and that's what Reynolds is there for. So yeah. it's it, it's not to say that's not his job, and he still kicked for five hundred and forty meters. Um, but there were just a few kicking options that could have been a little bit better. But 
again, he's a six, not a seven. I just I thought he was fantastic, man. The intercept try, he tried in every single play. Um, some of the ball playing is really good. What's what's crazy is I still think that they've got a lot left in them. Like I still think there were times where our structures kind of broke down a little bit. Um, Albert Kelly, probably one of the best games I've seen Albert Kelly play personally. Best games at least for the Broncos. I haven't seen him play like that. So, yeah, massive, massive game from Albert Kelly. That uh, that, that intercept he took. South Sydney could have scored that try 15 different ways. It was such... A bit fuck. I felt sorry for Cody because he didn't. Uh, he didn't really do anything wrong. It was just Albert Kelly just went all chips in, backed yeah. himself. Um, fuck. Imagine being Cody Walker and looking up and just thinking, fuck. "I can kick, I can pass, I can run, and we'll score." And then that happens to you. It's wild. It's wild. I think. Um, yeah, it's. I feel sorry for Cody because it's like he's so silky with the ball, and it's just two like two times out of a million. Like how many times did he pass the ball? And it's and we're all sitting there going, holy shit! How did he get that pass across his body like that? Um, so yeah, felt sorry for him. Um, and Billy Walters, I just want to for all the people that were talking shit about Billy Walters and saying that he was only in there because of his father, you're wrong. You're wrong. He played fantastically, and he deserved to be there. He deserved uh, to be there. Has he locked himself into the six jersey? No, I think Albert Kelly played well enough to withhold that that jersey when Reynolds comes back. Yeah, but right. I do think Billy, man, he's put his name up there. Man, he's put his name there. I didn't expect you to say that. Okay. Oh, you really think that? Oh, I don't like. I still think it could go either way, but I'm leaning towards Walters. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. I just think that uh, Kevy will probably try to have a sense of like, well, Albert has been here for longer, and yeah. he had the position last year to an extent, and also Albert Kelly uh, at six, I think could probably do similar to what uh, Walters did, but again, I'm not. I'm not married to the idea. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here going. If they choose Walters, I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe it. I just think Albert Kelly, it'd be super hard to drop him after the game he played. Yeah, I, I, I think Billy's defense will play to his favor as well. Okay. I prefer him in D. Um, once again, how good to have this many options. Yeah. Guys fighting for critical jerseys. Oh, massive. Depth is unreal. Yeah. Uh, Billy Walters' left foot step must have some kind of fucking... I don't know, super glue. Like he <laughs> throws banana peels out because he, yeah. he just kept on. It was his left foot, wasn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, just kept on coming off that left foot and they couldn't, couldn't stand it. Um, I guess one, if I'm looking, being really picky, and this all comes with just playing together, is the amount of times Billy Slater come off that left foot and there wasn't anyone up the inside. Uh, that's something that I hope in video sessions they go like, boys, clearly Billy Walters can step off his left, get on his inside on, so yeah. he can offload it to you because there was no one there so many times. Um, who, yeah. who do you play next week? Who's Brisbane got next week? Bulldogs. Doggies. What a game. Surely, surely we can get up on that. Good game, though. Good game. Doggies coming off a win. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out. Albert Kelly and Billy Walters, after being so under the pump in the media, and rightly so, I don't think they, you know, trialled that well outside of one of Billy Walters' games. Uh, good on them, man. You know, good on them. And I, I'm just stoked that they're going to have such good uh, players battling it out for that six role. What about uh, your hooker? Hooker, I thought Turpin was really good. I thought he was good, man. Like, were we lack, were we really lacking? Did we need anything more from him? No, I don't think so. Fifty-two tackles, only one missed. I thought he was good. I liked him. He offers stability, and I think Reynolds, um, I think Reynolds with Carrigan, uh, you know, playing that lock role or playing a forward that can pass, front role that can pass, will give us enough attack. And I just think he just needs good ball. I just think Reynolds needs good ball. 
for now. And so I like the stability that Turpin offers. Another guy that I thought was, I don't know if disappointing is the right word to put it in trials, but I expected more from Kurt Capewell. Mm. Especially but, in the, the last trial. Yeah, good God. We got it the other night. Oh, absolutely. Really, and yeah. I mean, like, like the field goal was cool, great to see, but even before that, I just thought he was sensational. Yep. Well, what's interesting is early in the game, I was like, I was a bit disappointed. I was like, I want Kurt Capewell more involved. I yeah. know he's got to be out on the edge. And, you know, maybe he's just not getting much ball because that's the way the game hasn't gone. Um, but, boy, did he warm into that yeah. game. But like, And it's all the little things that you don't notice. It's the kick chases. It's the trailing on the inside. It's the cover tackles. It's the taking a run when we really need it. Um, Capewell's like one of those movies that you watch the second time and you notice all mm, the shit that you absolutely. missed the first time. Look at these stats. He only made 53 metres. Um so, like, you would look at that and be like, man, that's not good. But he had a try assist, yep. and he also made 40 tackles on the edge there. 40 tackles, and he only missed two. And, you know, field goal as well. Yeah. So What a strike, too. What a fucking strike. <laughs> I couldn't believe how well he hit it. Now, on to, in my opinion, man of the match. Oh, also, I just want to say a quick shout-out to Keenan Palacia. He was a beast, man. And you know what? He was a beast in that Wyndham trial, too, and I really liked him. Like, he was really good in the Wyndham trial. I, I think, you know, him and Payne Haas starting in the front row, or if you give if you if Carrigan goes back there to bring Keenan on, then you've got Flegler to come back. Uh, Hetherington as well. You've got Hetherington at thirteen. It's gonna be really interesting what the good thing is we've got like options now. Yeah. Um so you've got Flegler, uh who's the other forward that I um You've got Kennedy, Ryan James, uh Rabadi. It's it's fucking looking good. Like Kennedy, you know, come on, did a job. Uh, Ryan James, he's got plenty of experience. Come on, 25 tackles, only one missed in, you know what, 34 minutes. But my man in the match, Paddy Carrigan. He was out fucking standing. Matty, tell me, how much did he fuck, rip his apart? Oh, Pat, like, like, you expect a player like that to, like, come back from injury, like a big ACL injury, and, like, take a few games to warm up. But he was unbelievable. And also, like, I'm sure you probably didn't have that big of rats on Paddy because he hasn't really played that much recently. So you're just like, yeah, he's a solid forward. Yeah, I didn't... I, didn't even think about him to be honest like i knew he was good but again like coming back from it from an injury like that yep. you don't expect him to go that hard that early but yeah he ripped us apart he was outstanding he actually had one of the out of any all forwards in the the whole round he had one of the most the highest touches per minute or re receipts per minute he was outstanding and i didn't think he was a 13 like i thought he's a front rower um i still think you you put hetherington in that 13 role and but to think that we're going to have the combination of Carrigan and Haas. The amount of ball playing they did and the fact that Carrigan would take a hit up after Haas. Haas would take a hit up after Carrigan. When you see players doing that, that's not a coincidence. They have sat down before the game, I promise you, and said, or Kevy said to them, every time you take a hit up, I'm fucking taking a hit up. And it's almost like a healthy competition. You used to see a lot of wingers do it. Like I think Wendell and Lottie used to do it to a yeah. degree where it's like who can get the most hit ups and who can beat who internally. It's not negative competition. It's... It's just a healthy competition of like, no, nah, I'm not going to let you take a fucking hit up and then me not take a hit up. The, um, when the Saifidi boys are on the field, yeah. they are sensational. Right? They just go at each other. Yeah, I, mate, Carrigan, whenever I mention him as an origin guy for the next decade, I cop it a bit on social media. And I, I'm I don't, telling you, I don't understand he'll why. captain Queensland yep. and he'll captain Broncos. He made I'm the like, same amount of metres as Haas and post-contact metres. Bro, this is his stats. 190 metres, 77 post-contact, one tackle break, one offload, 32 tackles, zero misses in 57 minutes. 
That's impressive. That's fucking impressive. So, so rap with the boys. So, like, just... I forgot... This is going to sound really mean to them, and I'm not trying to be mean to them at all. Like, I'm, I'm really not. But, you know, when you team is constantly losing... It's not hard to be loyal because, like, they could lose every game for the rest of my life and I will still be a Broncos fan. But you just don't enjoy watching it because you're just sitting there going, fuck me. And it's not, even, it's not even about the losses. It was just about, like, seeing something that was so precious to me not really being represented the way I kind of was hoping it would be. And that's very easy for me to say because I came through a generation where I was riding off the coattails of much better players. Um, so I, I understand the current players, you know, when they see articles about, oh, what's happened to the Broncos, this, and the next thing. If you're a current Broncos player, you're going, are you serious? Like, look at the fucking squads I had to compare what we have. So I, I, so I totally understand um, that it's, it's, it's chalk and cheese. It's not the same thing. But to see the boys play the way the Broncos play, it just, it just made me super proud. And just, yeah, just made me super proud. I was so fucking proud of their effort. Even if they lost, I still would have been proud of their effort. Cobo, although he had errors, he is fucking special. Yeah, he's yeah, he's very dangerous. I, I had a mate that messaged me and said, um, <laughs> I know you can't say it, but geez, he just looks like GI sometimes. Yeah, like, and you just can't help it. And it's a, the ultimate compliment. Yeah, the ultimate, but he just, I, I don't know how people can push back on just the, just his balance and the way he moves. Right, when he did an in and away yeah. on the winger, he's, he's what, six foot three, 103 kilos, and he's moving like that. Yeah. Uh, some of his effort areas where it was taking mad, like just mad hit ups from the back there. Um, I think it continues to prove our point, though, that he is still very raw. Yeah. Now, he's in my team of the week because of some of the stuff he did, and he's still 19. But um, although I don't, you know, I think Asako's a better f- winger than fullback, I actually think it was a good decision to put him at the back, even though when he went, to, what about when he's going to go for a field goal on the first tackle? I was like, bro. I get you're trying to catch him unawares, but like if you miss that, we miss a whole set. Yeah. Um, uh, but outside of that, I actually thought it was really good to put him back there because uh, I think it's pretty clear to everyone, Cobo probably isn't ready for that role yeah. yet. Um, he, he's still very rough around the edges because I think in the end he had, he had six errors. Six errors. And, and so he's in my team of the week because A, I'm biased, clearly. Uh, but B, I just thought some of the special things we saw him do, tell me another rookie that we've seen do move like that, you know, in the last few years. Yeah, for sure. And I, as I said at the start, I think that right edge, they left four tries out on the table for me. Mm. Like when they put it together, fuck, it's going to be lethal. Brisbane to me, uh, they are, as I said at the start, it's always hard with round one because you've got six months to G yourself up for this. They are a classic team that, there's a few teams, and we'll mention them as we go, they're a classic team that I want to see a month of them before I make it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm so fucking stoked, like so stoked, I can't tell you how happy I am, but they still most likely will finish, you know, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Don't allow these young men to develop as a team, and then next year, if we aren't, Put it this way, if next year we don't make the eight, it's a massive, massive fucking disappointment. But this year, eight to 12th, be patient. They had a great first game, but these are still, um, these are still players that are learning each other's. Like for example, Carrigan, he was out for most of the year last year. He's been playing NRL for four years, but has he played much footy with all the players around him? Not really. Haas as well, like 
has he played much with Kate Well? You know, a little bit with Turpin, but Turpin's also had a few injuries. Um, Palacia, he's a rookie. Billy Walters and Albert Kelly never played together. Reynolds has never played with any of these players. So be patient. Uh, I think uh, it's it's a great victory, but still be realistic and patient, and just try to look at the Broncos as uh, a team that is is building towards next season. I honestly believe that the Broncos could be a side that go from the shithouse to the penthouse really quickly. I think that the turnaround might could be it could be quite because like people want to go to Brisbane, they just haven't had the reason to, and we have all the resources. So um, yeah, I think it's great science, uh, but be patient. It doesn't mean we're going to be world beaters or whatever. And when we get Reynolds back, ooh baby, are we expecting Reynolds to play round two? Yeah. Or? yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's the one thing where the, the biggest negative or the two biggest negatives and we'll do um, this is just just to say what I didn't like is when the last five minutes were on, we were like spinning the ball. Like we're up seven points and we're spreading the ball. We're doing flick passes. We're like a couple of times we're doing that. And that's where it's like when you've got Adam Reynolds, that yeah, shit isn't happening. Yeah, they're Adam Reynolds minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. like get the ball in his hands, yeah. kick it to the thing and defend. That's where I was like, wow. Uh, although it was a great performance, there's clearly areas where we could clean up. Now, on to the Rabbitohs. Thoughts on the Rabbitohs? Uh, yeah, I don't... Disappointing game for South Sydney. I, I, I would have put my house on. They would have scored at least four tries in this game. I was, I was very surprised at how they came out. Um, I, and, and once again, it's round one. I'm not ruling the Rabbitohs. I still am so confident they're going to make the finals. They will be okay. Um, but there's no doubt that they were disappointing. Uh, I, I also find it hard sometimes to decide were the Broncos that good, mm. the Rabbitohs that poor. For me, I thought the Broncos were pretty damn good. Um, so South Sydney, I don't know, I find it hard to get a feel for them. I, I will say this, I mean, if, as we said, Albert Kelly went all in on that intercept, the Rabbitohs should have scored on that play. I think if they do score there, you could be looking at a very different game of football. But... Those are those sliding door moments you've got to take advantage of. I think you saw, though, that South Sydney, they, they really struggled to fight their way out of what they got themselves into there. Even though I was so confident South Sydney were going to win that game before it, I mean, there wasn't really a point when I was watching this game where I thought, oh, South are definitely going to come back here. Every time mm. the ball went right, I thought Brisbane were going to score yep. every single time. So, yeah, I'm not too sure about the Bunnies. They get Latrell back this week, but... Uh, Matty, off the top of my head, I think this is the tough draw. I think you go Melbourne, Roosters, Melbourne, Roosters. Manly. I think, oh. I think it's Manly or Penrith. Yeah. Penrith. So this might have been before. the easy game, respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> respectfully. Sorry, Melbourne, Roosters, Penrith. Yeah, look, uh, really disappointing performance by the Rabbitohs. Uh, you, I think you might even clock Cleary back too. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, really, yeah, really disappointing from the Rabbitohs. Uh, I think that yes, they were losing Latrell, um, but it just they it wasn't actually those positions where I was like, oh, that's really concerning. I just feel like they were missing that punch that they really had developed towards the end of the year. Now, the thing with the Rabbitohs, that squad specifically, is they aren't a team that's going to go, you know, minor premierships, grind out a season. They, they're ebbs and flows. And they yeah. did the exact same thing last year where it was ebbs and flows. But I do believe that they they just they just didn't have that same oomph. I, I, I can't really describe what it was, but that same kind of... Um, like, for example, 
towards the end of last year, their defence went from like pretty shocking to like, wow, that's that they're defending similar to the Penrith Panthers. Now they they only had eleven points scored against them, so that's a positive. But yeah, it's it, the Rabbitohs are also similar. They're like not similar to Manly, but they're hard to judge because. It's not like the storm where, you know, if they are playing poorly, it's concerning because they're usually so consistent. The Rabbitohs have always had a tendency to be a bit up yep. and down. But in saying that, uh, you know, you look at their kicking metres. So Lachlan Ilias only had 168. Uh, Walker only had 228. You know, that's a key area where Reynolds, you know, they need to find a way to fix that up where Reynolds is, you know, Albert Kelly kicked for 500 metres. So you look at Albert wow. Kelly. 540 metres, and then Billy Walters, 120 metres. Rabbitohs, 228, 168. Wow, okay. You know, so that's a real a glaring stat that you can look at and go, well, if Adam Reynolds was there, they would have kicked for more metres. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to uh, – I promise Rabbitohs fans, it's not going to be 12 weeks down the line and we're still going to be talking about Reynolds. Like, I promise you that. But it is – we have to talk about it now because it's a key loss. Yeah. Just like any other team, if the Melbourne Storm lost, like when the Melbourne Storm lost uh, Cam Smith, we spoke about it. And, and so we, at least for the first round or two, we're going to talk about it, but then I promise you we'll move on. So we're not going to keep harping on it. Um, another thing that um, I think that Dimitri has to be really, uh, really cognizant of. So after the game, they kept asking about Reynolds. And he already has become a bit, like, touchy about it. And I think that Dimitri, what he has to do is, in my opinion, you know, I don't want to be, like, condescending or whatever, but in my opinion, go have a look at Anthony Seabold and what happened with him. The media, what they would do is they would, like, ask him questions and kind of, like, feel him out and see, like, what ticked him off a little bit. And a lot of people wouldn't notice it. He would answer politely, but you could see in his body language, like, fuck, that pissed him off. And what the media would do is they'd go, oh, that, that question, that gets under his skin. And then before he knew it, there was this battle between the media and Seabold. And it's a battle you never, ever win. And so I think with Dimitri, it's very easy for us to sit there and go, you know, you really just need to give them nothing. But because he's – imagine the amount of times he's been asked about Reynolds since last year. What do you reckon? Fucking 200, 300 times? Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be human nature to get pissed off. But if you show a chink in your armour – they're just going to run with it. So what they'll do is, is that they'll get you in a press conference, they'll see you've just lost a game, throw you a few softballs, softballs, and then boom, hit you with this really like has nothing to do with it, but you know, you're just going to throw Reynolds out there just to see him mark up a little bit. You tell me the media aren't going to watch that and go. It's not oh. what he says, it's how he says exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I mean with the Seabold situation. Yeah. It's not really what he says, it's his body language. It's the blank for five or six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, but even the, the, the smirk, it's yeah. like, you're pretending that you're not pissed off, but you're pissed off. Um, again, it's just a, it's a tiny detail and, and whatever, but I just think that it is definitely something that, you know, maybe internally they probably need to... Like, the perfect answer to that would be like, like, um, yeah, Reynolds is a gun. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, mate, he pretty much said... It's just how he said it. Exactly, He exactly. just didn't deliver it the way... And he's known that question's been coming for six months. Absolutely. And he also, not walking into the press conference, he knew that question was coming. 100%. So yeah. I just think... Uh, it's a very tiny thing, but I I, I am... Um, I just... I don't want him to have to deal with the negative side of it the way Seabold did. Because towards the end, Seabold was just getting yeah. punished by, like, you know, 
look, I, there was a lot of decisions I didn't agree with Seabold, but you never want to see a coach just, you know, up there in a press conference just devastated and constantly struggling with the meter. So I, I reckon, um, yeah, maybe maybe they have a conversation internally. Say, look, when the Reynolds thing comes up, just just like the whole body language. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's a great player. Um, I thought Ilias, like for example, if I was the media guy or whatever, I would have said to say like, yeah, Reynolds is an absolute great player. We miss him as a bloke. But I thought Ilias was really good tonight. Yeah, boom, that's the end of it. Now I will say glass half full kind of stuff. I think the Blanco, Broncos played really well. And when you look at the summary, they only completed at 66%. And so for them to only have 11 points put on them and a completed 60%, uh, 66%, there is some positives to take out of that. You know, I think that you could even argue last year at the start of the year, if they were put in that same position, they may just leak, you know, 30, 40 points. Yeah. So um, although very, like, very disappointing by itself i don't think it's uh panic stations yet i think we have to see latrell back and we also have to see we have to give Elias and walker some time to develop that combination and we have to give cody uh we have to give um cam murray time with his shoulder reconstruction because cam murray is a little bit different that he relies so heavily on his body not going through wear and tear if you know what i mean yeah he's not a player that you get a rico and i only come in and do 10 runs a game and 15 tackles, but they're 10 really good runs. He's a high work rate kind of guy. So it's going to take him time to get that uh, match fitness in those parts of his bodies back again. Um, so look, disappointing game, but definitely not panic stations for the Rabbitohs. Absolutely not. Uh, I do think they're missing a little bit of punch in the middle. Uh, I think that Wayne was kind of band-aided the fact that their forward pack probably wasn't as um, recognized as other forward packs. I, I probably think they probably need to recruit again. Yeah. Uh, they need to make one or two recruits. But I do think they'll make... I, they, they're the one team that I can see dropping out of the eight if all the drama... If everything happens to worst-case scenario, I can see them struggling. Um, but I think they've got enough high-quality players to, to beat the lower-tier teams. Both of these teams are two sides I'm very keen to watch over the next month. For sure, for Rabbitohs sure. with their draw is going to be massive. Broncos obviously won the other night. We're all very impressed with them, but... You know, the Broncos that we've known for the last 18 months, it wouldn't shock me if they lose to Canterbury next absolutely, week. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And you know what? The Rabbitohs we've known in the last 12 months, it wouldn't shock me if they come out next week and, and Cody Walker puts fucking 40 on. Or not, well, the, not the Storm. But it wouldn't shock me if they take the Storm to the death and, and Cody Walker gets the match winner. Yeah. So, you know, Rabbitohs' future still is brighter this year, this specific year, than the Broncos. Um, but great win for the Broncos. Disappointing for the Rabbitohs, but I think... If you're a Rabbitohs fan and you're sitting there going, I can't believe we just lost to the Wooden Spoon two years ago and then a team that came 14th last year, Broncos aren't the same team. So don't, uh, don't let it disappoint you too much that they were beaten by Broncos because I don't think Broncos are anywhere near the team that they were last year. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of people messaging me with those sort of arguments that yeah. this team finished here. Round one, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't mean shit. It is 17 blokes going head-to-head -head that have had six months to sit on how they didn't achieve what they wanted yep. to achieve last year. And Broncos have always had the cattle. Yep. It's not like, like for example, if you go into round one last year and you look at that Bulldog side, then you should be concerned because the Bulldogs on paper never had the cattle to put it to teams. The Broncos have always had the players. When you've got a team with Payne Haas, Capewell, uh, Carrigan, um, you know, Selwyn Cobo, Tony Staggs, like these are all representative players, yep. all of them. Um, anyway, so look, don't get too down, Rabbitohs fans. 
Uh, although disappointing, I don't think it's uh, panic stations at all. Broncos fans, celebrate it, but understand that it's going to take us some time to gel. Now, on to, would you say this is a bigger upset? Well, paying think, uh, in my opinion, mm. yes, I thought this was a bigger upset, and I. So Roosters versus Knights, we're talking about. Yeah, Roosters Knights, mate. I, Newcastle, in my opinion, they didn't get the best out of KP. Mm. Daniel Saifiti didn't play. They bullied the Roosters. I am so impressed. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe how good they played, and that that was the thing. It wasn't. Kalen Ponga coming out and being a massive superstar and we all go, Kalen Ponga saved the Knights or whatever. It was a genuine team performance with good structures. And I just want to um, give a massive, massive rap to Adam O'Brien. Yeah. A massive rap to go to your old club. And then after the last two years, I'm sure, I'm sure that he lay in his bed and said, did I make the right decision? Leaving the system of the Roosters to come and coach the Knights, it's been so up and down. I've been under so much pressure. I've been There's been points where I've had to come into post-match press conferences and be like, you know, I've been too hard on the boys and I need to ease up. For him to come back at home, they were at home, Roosters at home, and to, you know, outplay the Roosters, his former coach, massive congratulations to Adam O'Brien and the Knights. Mate, they were all over the chooks. And the moment that stood out for me was that Kurt Mann tackle. I mean, Newcastle... Newcastle were on the front foot. Jake Clifford, who had an absolute blinder, oh, but on man. that play, kicked the ball dead. Yep. They came out to the 20. Joey Manu scoots on second tackle. Tyson Brazil hits him with, with a high tackle, just a lazy high tackle. But all of a sudden, you've gone from being on the front foot to a seven-tackle set into a penalty. They kick for touch. The guy that walked on the field two minutes before they kicked to a touch was Jared Rare Hargraves. Mm. So obviously, Trent Robinson had identified. We've got to get moving yep. here. Yep. Gets Rare Hargraves on and Kurt Mann at... What, 85 kilos, dripping wet. Puts on one of the best tackles you'll see and then three tackles later has a hand in the try they score in the corner. I mean, I I, I literally posted in, in my boys' group chat when he kicked the ball that I went, fuck, here we go. Mm. It's about to open up. Then yeah. the penalty happened and I just went, okay. Like, uh, when that penalty happened, they kicked the touch. You know that Kiri and Tedesco are looking at each other going, okay, it's turning. Yeah. We're on here. This is our opportunity to get some good ball. And, mate, Kurt Mann comes up with that. I, I just thought it was so good to see from Newcastle. We've always seen, said rugby league's better when Newcastle's going better. Mm. And it was sensational the other day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think I got a, a message from just about everyone in the Newcastle region that has a phone, so that was nice. Got called some stuff and never been called before, so that was cute. Yeah. Uh, but credit to all. Absolutely killed it. Like the Broncos, they're a team I want to see over the next month, though. Yeah. Uh, look, I so off season, they let go of Pierce. I was very concerned, very very concerned. I'm like, man, we're talking like when it first happened, when like the emotion was raw. I was like, man, they could potentially. Oh, sorry, that happened, and I was like, okay. But then Brayley goes down. That's when I was like, the Brayley one was the big kick. Yeah, the dick. that's where I was like, fuck, these guys really may be fighting for fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. Then I watched the trials. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that take was wrong. They do look much better than I thought. Even to the point where when I was saying that they looked good against the Storm, I got a lot of pushback. People were like, you're serious? The Storm dominated for most of the game? And I was like, yeah, but it's not the points. It's the systems. It's the, it's the defense. It's the, all the little things that you don't really notice that I was really impressed by with the Knights. Even still, even still, I did not expect that the Knights had this game even 
close to this game in them all season, not just round one. So I was absolutely wrong. Uh, I underestimated their forward pack. I underestimated Clune. I massively underestimated Clifford. I underestimated uh, Kurt Mann, Dominic Young. Uh, I just, I am so impressed with that night performance. It is only one match, but the the promise of the, at least we know they can play like that. And, and at least we know that as a team, that they can put that on together. With Kpu, KP, Kpu, <laughs> Kpu, <laughs> Kpu, uh, Kp, he had a solid, a good mature game, but yeah. he, he didn't set the world alight. Like he wasn't, um, it wasn't due to Kp's incredible length of the field try that got them this. This was set after set of high quality rugby league with forwards that played fantastic. I, I'm stoked for nice fans, stoked for nice fans. It's the first time in a long time I've been watching the Roosters and just thought, they're not going to win this. Mm. I can't remember the last time I was watching them not play a Melbourne or a Penrith and think, they're not going to... Because Knights were just over the top of them. Mm. They just had them from the get-go. Yep. Uh, you, you said that, you know, we, we've sat here for the last three weeks during trials and gone, they look better than what I thought. They look better than what I thought. <laughs> They looked better on Saturday than I thought they'd look in round 25. It's crazy. They looked incredible. Massive. Like, I just, I'm so happy for them. I'm so, you know, I know people don't believe us, but when we say, I hope they prove us wrong, this is, this is the moment where I go, yeah. I'm so happy. I'm We're stoked. stoked. You never want to be right about a team underperforming. Especially Newcastle. Yeah. It's so important to rugby league for Newcastle to be going well. Um, you know, what's, what's, this is going to sound fucking mental, especially for a guy that has been so vocally saying, if they lose KP, it is dire straits for them what's positive about this don't get me wrong losing kp massive deal but they showed signs yesterday that you know yes it will be tough without kp but they may have the skeleton to push through they may have the skeleton to push through uh again it is only one game but we, we're, we're just going off the information we have it was an impressive performance um dan gagai we said in the off season he was flying under the radar no one was talking about him. And I think in the Rabbitohs segment, I said, no one's talking about the fact they've just lost Dane Gagai, who is so important as a center and an outside back. Does all the tough carries, makes the big plays, great in defense, and he's an influential player within the playing group. He was absolutely outstanding on the weekend. I know we always say, oh, whenever Gagai pulls on a Queensland jersey, different player. Fuck, when he pulls on a Newcastle Knights jersey... I've never, I've never, I understand that the, the joke about the Queensland jersey thing, but I, I always think gay guy has played good club footy, good solid club footy. I, mean, I, I remember last time he was at Newcastle, he was killing it. Yeah. The team that was going so poorly, he was on fire. And to see him go there the other day and do what he did in his first game, incredible stuff. Mate, incredible. I just, what, what a signing by the, the Knights. And it wouldn't have broken the bank either. Because like, when he was coming off, because this is all because I think the Rabbitohs were, didn't want to offer him a longer-term deal. I think so, yeah. And so if you're the Rabbitohs right now, how much could they use his... Put it this way, if they have Dane Gagai, you, you reckon he doesn't have six points in him? Six, seven points in him for the Rabbitohs? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so, like, he has flown under the radar, but what a signing, what a pickup. These are his stats for his first game back against the Roosters. One try, one try assist, 200 metres... 57 post contact, six tackle breaks, one line break, two line break assists, 23 tackles, only one miss, zero errors. That's on their right side, which they play away from. Oh, 
man. And the, the, the line breaks he made were purely bot like himself doing that. Yeah. It was just early ball and then his footwork and, and he was against Momorowski, who is no slouch. Well, he's there for his defense. He's literally a, like. Well, he got, he essentially pushed, like Billy Smith and him have pushed uh, Manu out to the wing, which we'll get to because I am very, very uh, shocked with that. So uh, massive, massive congratulations tonight. So I, I just think fantastic. Tyson Frizzell was a beast. Look at this. 147 metres, 71 post-contact, five tackle breaks, one offload, 37 tackles, zero misses. Um, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, I do think uh, – I did have some notes in here. Uh, I just felt that the first half, although Fitzgibbon got through some good work, there were time. I think he made two – not errors, but he should have iced two try-scoring opportunities. I think he made a line break and he didn't pass. Yep. And then there was another one where – and I just thought – if Lachlan Fitzgibbon wants to take that next step to Frizzell level, he needs to ice that. And, and that'll all come with development. But outside of that, I thought Lachlan had a great game. Uh, Saifidi was great. I thought Clemmer. For a guy that a lot of people feel the game has passed Clemmer, he still rocks up every single week and puts in just top-tier elite performances. I heard Joey talk the other day about how um, <clears throat> they were saying, oh, who's Adam O'Brien's favourite up there? And he said Clemmer. Just based off the last year, I thought Clemmer was almost on the outside. I thought he was, there. yeah. I thought they were trying to release him. Yeah, like, I that when Joey said that, I, I almost thought he was sort of trying to, try you know, to take the piss out of Clemmer yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But, mate, the way that he performed the other day was so impressive. I Like, I think Jacob Saifidi has been one of the most improved front rowers by a mile and. Clemmer played him him under the table. Safidi was yeah. still good, but yeah. Clemmer was something else. Against like, a Roosters against this forward Roosters. pack. Yeah. And he's been doing this for years. I would argue he's he like he's not like performance wise, he doesn't reach the heights of like a Painhas or whatever. And Painhas is incredibly consistent. But over the last five years, Clemmer is one of the most consistent front rollers in the game, period. And I would happily debate anyone about that. I know some people don't you know, they feel he doesn't get quick play the balls and the game is sped up too much for him to impact enough. But if you go back and you look at his stats over the last five years, he constantly has very low missed tackles and he constantly runs over 150, 160, 130 metres, you know, around that area. Very rarely does he not crack the 100 metres. Um, yeah, he's, in my opinion, he's one of the most consistent front rowers in the comp. Now, I want to get to... First, Kurt Mann. He was sensational. The link man... 31 tackles, no misses. Uh, he was so important to Lincoln in their middle, so important. But I want to get to my man, Adam Clune. He he is what what I love about what the Knights did on the weekend was the reason why I say KP played such a mature game is he allowed Clune to direct where they went. It would have been very easy for KP to go. I need to get the ball and touch it 30 times to impact the game. KP took a step back and allowed Clune to call the shots, which spread their attack more. And I just think Clune, Clune may be bang for buck by the season. Like, as in, if he continues this form, he may not be the signing of the season, but bang for buck, he'd be on minimum wage right now. Yep. Totally changed the way they play. And respectfully to them all, I would have told KP, you need to have 40 touches. 100%. 100%. For the game, I would have said KP needs to get way more involved and Clue needs to take a step back and allow KP to do that. I'm 100% wrong. Yeah, no, he's made the two halves. Clune was great, mate. I thought Clifford was on another level. Mm. He was just... 
the, the way that he's moving at the moment, like, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when he stepped, I think it was uh, the young uh, Paul Alamotti, and we sort yeah. of said, oh, he's not well known for his running game. And yeah. I said, yeah, no, I agree. Fuck, man, he's making the Roosters look silly. I know, crazy, eh? Crazy. It's, uh, I'm stoked with nice fans. I'm stoked. Again, it's only one game, and I, I also, you know, agree with your sentiment. I want to see this again and again, but... But there's nothing that indicates so far that we won't see it again and again. They won't, put it this way, they won't be fighting for a spoon. They won't be fighting for a spoon, no. And also, after that, just that one performance, I believe they will be fighting to make the eight. I, be, I, I believe that they have shown enough footy to be able to beat the bottom eight sides and, and fight for it. So I'm probably going to put them, I think I had them 10 to 12th. I want to move them up to... You know, after that game, obviously it can change. Move them up to around the eighth to eight to eleventh kind of position. I was so impressed. Yeah, M- Maddie, can, can you get their draw up for the next month or so? I think it's going to be a very critical month for them. I mean, if if they keep this up over the next few weeks, so they've got Tigers next week, then they've got Penrith, Sharks, Manly, Dragons, Eels, Storm. So how many matches did you just read out? Six. That went up to round eight. Round eight. So if they can go four from eight to start the season, and that is With very that possible, you telling me they can't fight for an eight? Yeah, that's fair. It's a, it's a, after the, what they play the Tigers this week. After Tigers that, this week, yeah. After that, that's going to be a, a tough six weeks. So if they can come out of that with four and four, but you, but after watching that, you think they can? Yeah, yeah. After watching that, I think they can. But once again, it comes down to what they do over the next few weeks for me. Yeah, for this sure. Is, they're another team that um, I'll wear it 100%. They're heaps better than I fucking thought they yeah. were by a country mile, no doubting that. But you want to see if it's a one-week get-up yeah. or if they're, yeah. they're I think, um, you know, just to reiterate, we, this is, um, we understand that, you know, we need to see more of it, yep. even more of it. But I, I don't want to not give – and I'm not saying you're doing this at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give Knights or Broncos – not give them their moment or their flowers because we're worried about being wrong in the future. Yep. Do you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think a lot of um, analysts, like some people will be, you know, oh, you know, you're getting too hyped up about, you know, the Knights or whatever. Uh, they could turn around and play poorly next week. But I am, I'm comfortable to come out next week and say, you know, I was wrong. It was just one game. Yep. And I just think sometimes analysts get too caught up in being worried about being wrong that they don't just just enjoy the the week of footy. Like, well, but based on this week, all indications are that they're in for a good season. Yeah, for sure. There's no Absolutely. denying that whatsoever. And enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it, fans. Don't get too caught up in you know worrying about you know next week or the week after or being wrong to your mates. Just enjoy it. Like, fuck. If you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't. Who cares? Who cares? Like, fuck. I'm happy to say I was wrong. I I didn't think the Knights had this kind of performance in them. So good on them. Uh, the Roosters. Sorry, just I got a stat on uh, Clemmer. I just looked it up while you were talking about him. Since he started at the Knights, he's played sixty-four games. He's only missed fifty tackles. He's, yeah. mi- he's made how many, ta- how many tackles has he made? He's made over two thousand tackles. Yeah, and he's only missed fifty. And he's averaged a uh, hundred high one hundred and sixty meters per game. Good so, God, yeah. that's a stat. Th- that's what I mean. That's what I say when he is one of the most consistent players wow. in the game. And I, I constantly get into discussions with people <laughs> online, which I which I really enjoy. I love the the interaction. I love that you're so passionate. Where, like, even yourself, like, yeah. you, like he puts those numbers in week in, week out, and he's been doing it for so long now. Uh, he just doesn't get the raps he deserves. I, I just, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but people just have this feeling that the game is too fast for him now. Uh, honestly, I would have never guessed that. Really? Really? Honestly, like, 
obviously trusting Maddie, but I would almost assume that that's not right. Yeah, well, wow. just from what, just from my eye test over the so last two, two years, two thousand tackles. So, so how how many games? So he's played sixty four games. Yep, he's played twenty one each the last year, and then one. So he averages less than a missed tackle a game. Yep, considerably less. Sixty four games, fifty yeah, missed tackles. Less, yeah. That's impressive. Front row and and he's uh, also putting up those kind of 160 metres averaged. Last year he missed 15, year before 20, year before 13 for the whole that's season. That's fucking good footy, man. That's top tier stuff. And, and, and that's why I think last week I said to you, if you've got a rotation of him and the Saifiti brothers, yeah. pretty good front row run t- rotation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, congrats to the Knights fans. And just I just want to give a wrap to Adam O'Brien. You know, he's been under the pump uh, and... Comes out and does that. Kurt, man, I love him at 13. Uh, now, onto the Roosters. Speak to me, speak to me. What did you think? Uh, disappointing. We'll say this. The last three premierships they've won, they've lost round one mm. every year. So, yep. um, I'm not... They're the one team that I think performed based on my expectations of them and what I got. Probably my worst performers of the week, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, but... I, also, I, I don't want that to sound like I'm making it out like they Just were you back. have a high standard for them. Yeah, but I, but I also don't want it to sound like I'm saying that they played shit. That's why Newcastle won. Newcastle forced them into playing poorly. Yeah. I thought I thought their pressure was sensational. But Roosters, obviously they lost Radley, which hurt, but we've seen them without Radley before perform heaps better than that. Mm. Um, obviously you've got the seven and the six playing their first game ever together. You've also got... Connor Watson, just thinking time-wise off my head, playing his first game with those guys as well, playing a position that he's learning, I guess would be fair to say. Yep. Um, so there's a there's a lot more upside in the Chooks. I found some of their – I've never seen their ball movement between their forwards worse, I don't think. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned before that Robbo's, you know, might be trying something new. I, I personally – I couldn't work out exactly what that was. Probably mm. a smarter football player well, than me. Well, so the, what I saw was, I don't know if he's trying something new, but I know he's such a good coach. Yeah. For them to look so... It didn't look yeah, like them. It didn't look like yeah, them yeah, at yeah. all. Like, it, yeah. it honestly, and, and this is no disrespect to the players, whatever, but their effort and the, the way they had a crack was all roosters. But their structure and their ball playing looked bottom table stuff. Like, yeah. it looked like a team without direction. Um and I, I just think that Trent must be tinkering with something. I think that he may have realised last year that, you know, without Friend and Boyd there, we've got to make some changes to the way we go forward. And also yeah. Sam Walker and Kiri. I think it was so easy to move past Cameron Smith moves on, the Storm go on a crazy win streak. And yep. so we go, oh, yeah, you know, Cameron Smith's done and the Storm are sweet. But then we saw in that final series, you know what, like, they aren't as sweet as we thought they would. And I think that the Roosters are still coming to grips with losing Cooper Cronk. Um, since then, they haven't... I guess they've put together some really good performances. But I do think Kiri hasn't played enough footy as the key playmaker for us to get a read on it. So can you please get up his stats since... So Cooper Cronk retired in 2020? 19. 19. 19. And then it was Flanagan and Kiri 20. Then it was Flanagan and Kiri and Flanagan was the, the guy that was yeah. just, you know, kicking blah, blah, blah. And they came like fifth or whatever, got bounced out in the prelim. Yeah, that, no, they went out straight sets. Straight sets. Yeah. And then 2021, yeah. Kiri misses most of the year. 
So he actually hasn't played much footy as the seven. Yeah. And he's so, so good that we just expect him to jump into that role of organising everything and being the guy. Uh, I think we aren't giving enough credit to that he, has actually, he hasn't been the – he's a six. On top of that, he's also coming off an ACL as well. Absolutely. Which makes life even harder. But, yeah, you're right. He, has, he hasn't really been the guy. Yeah. Well, anyway. as in, like, he's been the tip of the spear, but he's yeah. never really been – you know, give the ball, coming out of our end, get to that point, kick, all right, do it again, yeah. kick. Uh, Flanagan played that role for him, uh, and obviously Cooper Cronk did. And so I don't think we're giving enough credit to, and that's where I feel like Trent is realising, like, we've got to be patient with Kiri um, and Sam Walker. and Because even Sam Walker, like, is he a six? I don't know. And I, th- yeah. I, I was watching the game on the weekend. I was like, I think Walker's in this really weird position of he, last year he was the guy. So yeah. when he wanted the ball, he got it. Whereas now he's a young, respectful kid. So he, it was kind of like there was a period where Mitchell Pierce and KP weren't working as well as we thought because KP was kind of taking a step back and didn't want to encro- uh, encroach on Pierce. Yeah. But Pierce was doing the same thing and didn't want and thought, KP is such a superstar, let him do what he wants. And I think that what we saw on the weekend was Walker respecting Kiri and saying, look, you just do whatever you want to do and you tell me what you want. But I also think Kiri was like, you're a gun. Like, if you want the ball, bro. That's, that's the, the vision that I got of it all. Um, and I think we also have to remember that, yes, Tedesco has been there for a substantial amount of time and he's played a lot with Kiri. But outside of Tedesco, Walker, Kiri and Connor Watson have not played together. And I think it's going to take time. And I, I messaged you, I said, it actually reminds me a bit of 2018, uh, where their attack at the start of the year was like, we were all looking around going, like, for example, Tedesco, 32 fantasy points. And I know that's not the only measure, but if anyone looks at stats, he's usually way higher than that. 150 metres, only four tackle breaks. Four tackle breaks, only 19 runs. <coughs> and that's, that's, not, uh, that's not at all a knock at Teddy. That's... Uh, an example of when did we last see that? 2018 when he first came to the club, had a new halves pairing to work with, a new 13, new hooker, new everything. And I think we're seeing similar-ish of like him knowing when to come in. Like whereas last year, it was literally whenever he wants it, give him the ball. Well, that, that's the thing that I, and as you said, it, it was like Walker and Kiri were having a polite off. Who's mm. going who's gonna to run this team? And yeah. I sort of felt the same with Teddy because he was jumping into first receiver, mm. you know, two times every set last year, whereas it sort of felt like Teddy was also trying to find his way. The other one that stood out for me that I couldn't believe when I heard the stat was that one of Kiri and Radley haven't played together since 2020. Yeah. Like, that seems like an age ago. That was fucking Scissor Man over there. (laughs) Fucking deep in a scissor and he found it on his computer somewhere, you sicko. But those two, I mean, that's another combination that's only going to improve. They're they're, they're really close, really good mates, but, you know, it's just going to take time. Well, tell me this, tell me this, and and I guess – Take out what you think the expected answer is and just give me what your feel is. Whose team is it? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. After watching the weekend, I honestly... But, but even before that, whose team is it? I, I would have said Kiri. But, but like, is it though? Like, yeah, that's... Oh, know? Mate, I, I know what you're saying and I can't. I, I don't know. That's the... You know what's crazy? You know what's going to sound fucking mental? But right now, you know whose team it feels like for me? It's Radley's. Radley's. That's how much influence he has on that team and he's also don't get me wrong he's a young respectful absolute legend of bloke but he's so forward with everything he's willing to go i want the ball here i want the ball there um that's a fair shout actually do you know what i mean whereas like teddy 
is caught between a rock and a hard place because it's like, I'll take a million hit-ups if you want, but that's not what's best for the team. Are we going to win a premiership like that? Probably not. I need to be the guy that's fresh for all that kind of stuff. So I think, um, and this is all from a perspective of, I actually predicted, I mean, I had to predict, they forced me to, but on SEN, predicted Roosters to win. So I, I believe that their squad is unbelievable. But I think that there needs to be, and maybe there already has been, and, and this is just, um, they're just going to slowly get to it. But they need to sit down and be like, Kiri, this is 100% your team. Yeah. Wherever you want us to go, we go. Um, or if they want it to be Sam Walkers or Tedesco's or, or whatever. But I, I just think people aren't giving enough, and, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm absolutely guilty of it too. Because they're so fucking good, we don't kind of appreciate that they're humans too. Like you look at Teddy and it's like he's almost inhuman. Um, and so I just think it's going to take time. And I think by the time round, you know, 12 or 13 hits, we're going to see a, you know, a rooster side really fucking come on their own. Uh, one thing I will say is I, I think that aside from the gelling issues, I'm really, uh, I guess, shocked at the fact that Manu was basically playing on the wing. Uh, seeing him now, I understand. You know, maybe they're putting him there so that he gets to do kick returns more, so they're getting him involved more because he actually ran for 172 meters, which was the most of any player. And if you watch that game, it didn't really feel like Manu was, you know, that that involved. He did the same thing last year when they played on the wing. Oh, you for got sure. To the end of the game, and you looked at the stats, just like, oh holy my God, shit, how on earth? Yeah, yeah. But I just wonder, like, like moving the best center in the comp to wing. Are we, are we seeing too much into what Tom Trevojevic did at, at in Origin? Um, I, I just I was a bit worried with it. I don't know. I just think that like it's great with you want Manu touching the ball as much as possible, but do I want him defending out on the wing? I don't know about. Yeah, know. I and you know it, it sounds so stupid, and I feel stupid for saying it because it's Robbo, but it almost felt like he was sort of outthinking the room a little bit. Mm. I just... But that's what I felt like with the when I said to you, is he tinkering with something right now? Yeah. Yeah, look, as I said at the start, I'm, I don't think I'm a smart enough football brain to work out exactly what Robbo's doing, but they are another team that I'm very keen to watch for the next month or so to see what changes. I think, as you said, you know, Radley's the guy that, you know, he demands the ball, he, he controls the middle. So lo- losing him was a big loss, mm. no doubt about it. Um yeah, I you you said round 12, 13 is when they could explode. I think it could be a, a little bit earlier. Yeah, okay. Potentially, um, mate. I, I don't think they could have possibly played worse, in my opinion, on the weekend, and it hasn't really changed my opinion mm. on where they're going this year. Oh no way, no way. Roosters are still gun gun. Robinson did come out and say that um, he felt that they did, or they didn't get a chance to troll enough together. Yep. Um, and he actually said. Uh, I remember uh, I, I was in the preseason. I was saying, if you're a struggling team, you want to get your first grade side on as much as possible to get them together. And Robinson kind of, I guess, backed that statement up with saying, like, I really wish we had have been able to get like at least one game with all our boys playing. And so you could see that. Uh, he also said before round one that he feels defensively his team has lost a bit of its edge. Uh, and so that's when I hear all these things. I think Robbo. They're not in a rebuild, but I think he understands that the loss of Boyd Cordner and Morris Brothers and Jake Friend, they're going to have to have some kind of reawakening yeah. or something along those lines. Uh, well, he, him saying they're lacking a little bit in D, is that sending a little message to them? Yeah, probably, probably. 
Uh, and like, what, what were your th- this? The reason why I feel like he's tinkering with stuff is because there's decisions that I'm just not not fully grasping. Like, for example, um, Jared Hargreaves not starting. That was surprising to me. There was there was that one that I found strange. Crichton and Satili Tupanua, they've swapped sides. Swap sides I yeah. don't understand that one at all. There, there, there was a number of things going Even just the ball movement through the middle. I don't know if it just didn't look as crisp as what it normally does, but they just didn't – normally when they go that, that, that two-pass, you're just like – they're just exploding yeah. over the advantage line. Yeah. They just didn't seem to be. It was a couple of – I felt sorry for um, um, Takiyaho, some, some of the fucking passes he got thrown. Yeah. Going into traffic, I felt sorry for him, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they were just off or if, you know, all the things we're seeing about the second row of swapping sides, JWH starting on the bench, if they are, as you said, experimenting with something new. I I think I'm really are. lost on this side right yeah. now, but I'm, I also can see the end goal and I'm so confident they'll get there. Yeah. I, I just, the only, the reason why I think they are is because this, what happened in 2018, they were struggling yeah. and apparently they literally had a meeting and said, we're, we're completely changing our attacking structure. And they went and did that. And I think that Robbo is probably sitting down now and going, look, Kiri and Walker are very similar in players. Like Kiri, in a perfect scenario, is an out-and-out six. He's such a good ball runner. Such yeah. a, like he attacks with such speed. So they're going to have to work out a way to, to balance that some other way. Uh, and I think he's experimenting with a few things. Um, you know, this does absolutely not change my opinion of where they're going to finish this year. I think they're going to... I think there's going to be a period where it all does click for them and we're just all going to be like, holy, you know, wow, this is it's, incredible. It's funny that you mentioned that 2018, you know, and we've spoken about this before when they had the meeting halfway through and they changed stuff. It was moving Isaac Lewin into the front row mm. and Radley into the third eight. Yeah, okay. And that's where it all clicked in 2018. You go, yep. you go back and watch that season and even if you just ha- have a look at the team list, you have a look at from the moment Radley went to 13, their whole game just changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, Roosters fans do not be concerned one little bit. It was a, an off day, um, <laughs> plus everything else. Uh, do not be concerned. I, yeah, you still got guys like Manu running for 172 meters. Uh, look, Billy Smith. You know, although you know went off with uh, a cat, category one concussion or whatever, these showed signs of you know good footy. We all know Paul Momorowski can do what he can, what he does. Uh, Sam Walker. We, you know, Fletcher Baker. I, I, I really rate. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think you guys will bounce back in a big way uh, once everything clicks for you. Now, and our Knights fans, congratulations, Stoke Fears. Warriors be the Dragons. This was a this is a strange game. You know, Dragons come out and they look incredible. And you're sitting there going, holy shit. Like, it's Hook fucking got some kind of mathematical equation we don't know about. And then all of a sudden, make a few errors. Warriors get back into the game. Then all of a sudden, they make a few errors and 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 um, a back and forth game. The score doesn't really, in my opinion, reflect how close the game was. Twenty eight sixteen, I think, it was a bit closer than that. Uh, what did you think about this performance? Uh, this is similar to the Raiders Sharks game for me. This has not really changed my opinion on either of these sides. Uh, we just spoke about how Robbo said how important it was to have these trials. The Warriors and the Titans were the two teams I was worried about because their last trial got washed out. Yeah. Um, I mean, new combinations in this Warriors side. Yes, Sean Johnson's been there before, but he hasn't played with Nicarima. He hasn't played with Shinohara Stavita. He hasn't played with Ewan Aiken. hasn't played with any of these guys before. Uh, so I, I anticipated that they would be a little bit rusty. That's why I had the Dragons winning this one. I, mate, this is probably the one game of the week that this one played out exactly as I sort of anticipated yeah, okay. it would. Yep. 
Um, yeah, look, I, this is the score is probably, as I said, not reflective. I thought that it would be uh, – I think it probably was a bit closer. But I do think, as you said, you know, they're very close as to yeah. where they're probably going to finish on the table. Um, you know, Josh Curran continues to impress. 40 tackles, only one miss, 107 metres. I'm such a fan of him. Try assist. Uh, Sean Johnson, I thought he had some, some good solid touches. There I were, thought he looked really good. Yeah, I thought oh. he looked good. Kicked for 500 metres. I don't know, there was a few comments who were saying that he didn't really do much. I was like, fuck, maybe I fucking misjudged this. Or maybe, you know, my bias because I like him as a bloke. Um, but I, th- I thought he looked silky. Uh, yeah, I, I was really surprised with that. Um, so was that... Uh, you know, defensive-wise, probably can be a bit better. He had five missed tackles. Um, Kony Akarima had three. So, you know, you want your halves to probably be uh, not missing eight tackles. But outside of that, I thought even Cody Nikarima had some really good moments. It's just – I think it was just errors for them. Yeah. It, just errors at important times. Um, I, I thought um, it was good to see – I think that's the best game of football I've seen Katoa play. Yeah. Quite some time for them. He's a guy with – Except with that knock-on, which just like – yeah, like, but, but he's always going to have that yeah. in him. That's, who he, that's the sort of footballer he is at this point in his career. But the high upside that he's got, especially running outside a guy like SJ, mm. um, I mean, last year he was very average. There was injuries and stuff going on. The year before that, he was exceptional. Yeah. So if he can get back to that, um, he's, you mentioned Josh Curran. I also thought, Mr. Fly Under the Radar, you and Aitken. Yeah, he's a good ball runner. Eh? Mate, I honestly, I got to the end of the game and – you know, like I, I had him in my um, in my super coach side, and even I didn't notice how much work he did. Yeah, Forty tackles, forty tackles, only one miss, one hundred and four meters, forty five post contact, four tackle breaks, one offload. Fucking good for a guy's center turn back rower. I no, yeah, he he is he's the improvement in him since moving to that position has been sensational. I yeah, oh, you you've got Tohu Harris walking back into this side, and especially when it comes to like like fantasy football and stuff. People are very worried about who's going to miss out, and people think Aitken might. I'm like, I reckon he's the best back rower in the team. I personally, I think that you, um, I'd probably keep Curran at thirteen and move Tohu Harris into the front row. In the front row, and yeah. what keep Katoa and Aitken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And then just what, if Katoa doesn't play consistently, you move. I'd move Harris to the edge. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that. I think Curran really suits the modern game at yeah. 13. Uh, and Toe Harris is so fle- like so versatile, you could probably get away with it. Um, and like when I look at the bench, you know, Matt Lodge has still got to come back. You know, so you probably you probably have to, you know, Bailey Sirenin is probably going to be the guy that, that, you know, comes under the axe, maybe, even though, you know, I, I still think he's a good player. It's not really anything against Bailey Sirenin. It's just the reality of the It was sport. where he's at right yeah. now in his career. He, he's got the – definitely got the – I mean, when he started playing the Rabbitohs, he was fantastic. Yeah. I was actually surprised the Rabbitohs let him go. Uh, but I, I just think that Curran is suiting the game more. And I think you and Aiken, it's only his, like, fourth or fifth game in the back row. I think he's going to actually develop into, like, a, one of those players that uh, in video sessions is quite, you know, uh, scrutinised by the opposing team. Uh Bundy Afoa, I think, um, <coughs> look, I think, you know, he played what? He played 41 minutes. He ran for 73 metres. I just, you probably get out of your front row, probably need a little bit more. Yep. Uh, you know, 29 tackles, three misses. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad performance by any stretch at all. But when you've got guys like Matt Lodge and Tohu Harris coming in, if you want to keep that spot, you're going to have to give it just a little bit more, I think. Look, I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's warning signs at all for for the Warriors. I, I thought it was, they probably, 
Just a few errors. Just yeah. a few errors really hurt them. In, in key, key, uh, they only had 43% of the ball, completed at 69%. Uh, yeah. I, I think as well, and you know, I come back to it again, but I just want to defend the Warriors on this, that you know, I think without that second trial, a lot of these forwards, they, they played about 20 minutes against the Storm in their mm. trial. Oh, yeah. That was four weeks ago now. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, it's a long spell yeah. without doing anything. And, I mean... What their training for a week, I assume, would have been in a hotel room hall, yeah, or something like. It's a tough situation. And their the pack hasn't played a lot of footy together. Yeah, you know, whereas like if you had the Melbourne Storm or whatever, or even Roosters or Penrith as well, have played at least three or four years together. This pack, you know, Bunty has been in and out. Uh, Fanua Blake is a new recruit from last year. Matt Lodge on the case. So, yeah, no, for sure, I totally and, agree. And if you said to me, name their top five players, Reese Walsh and Toe Harris are going to be in there. They're not in the side. Yeah. And I do think if to- if Reese Walsh is playing and Tohu Harris, it's a fucking different game. It's a completely different football game. Um, yeah. So look, I think solid signs for the Warriors. Dragons thoughts? Yeah, uh, they came out well. They, it's just uh, they're, they're, they're both very similar sides, as we said. It's just a just a matter of just cutting those errors down if if they want to compete with these top teams. I've got the Dragons sort of penciled in as that eighth spot with the Raiders. I am probably leaning a little bit more to the Raiders. After the first game, but Dragons—they're just a—they're a resilient little side. They're going to punch above their weight for the whole year, I think, based on what people's expectations are of them. Um, I just think it—it it, it all comes down to Hunt for me. We, we've been saying this for three months now. They just need to keep Hunt on the field and fit, and I think this Dragons side can uh, compete this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looking at the the outing. Sloan, I think he's just got such a high ceiling. He's just silky. Um, he's deceptively strong. I really like him. You know, you look at his game, two try assists, four tackle breaks, two line break assists, a line break, eight tackles, zero misses. Three of those tackles were one-on-one tackles. Uh, you know, for a, a smaller body, he's quite tall. Eight tackles, zero misses, three of them one-on-one. That's a fucking good outing for a yep. fullback and something that won't get the wraps. Like, everyone knows Tyrell Sloan, can attack. We all, all know that. But when you see your, your fullback doing that as a rookie, you love to see it. Love to see it. Um, Moses Suli had a, a solid game, but I am a little bit concerned by seeing the amount of errors he made. And I worry that the concern with Suli is, is like he's a beast. And we all know he can put big numbers up and he can defend. But you don't want this to become a trend with him where he – because he is so good, he allows those errors to, oh, you know, well, I made an error, but I did run for 120, 30 metres, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's the concern with Sully is you just got to make sure that he keeps those high standards with himself. Yeah, I mean, he, he sort of reminds – they're very different players, but when you talk about it like that, I think we sort of got that way with, say, like a, a Manu Vatavai. Mm. He was so talented. He would make two or three errors, but you would sort of – I think that in the modern game, you can't afford to do it. Oh, no way. You just cannot afford to have – Three, three to five errors per game. And Moses is kind of at that point. Well, it's the one thing holding Selwyn Cobo back from yep. being like, you know, being everything that he can be. And also from getting a, a fullback spot. Yep. If he gets rid of those errors, you probably can put him back at fullback. So it's it's no, um, it's just part of development as a player. Uh, yeah, so Moses Sully, he's just such a damaging ball runner. Oh, man. It, could you imagine marking up against him? Just looking across and seeing this 120... Oh, man. Anyway, uh, Zach Lomax, silky as always. Far out, he's good. Uh, that, that His flick pass is just... It's just lethal. It's just lethal. It's incredible. Uh, uh, Ravalawa, who is, you know, can be rocks or diamonds. Um, 
He had that, I think, that one drop ball. But outside of that, his tries were... He's a beast. Yeah, he's hard to handle. He is he's hard, to, hard handle. to handle. I, I thought there was a moment there where the Dragons were on top and then I think it was Jack Goss who just came out of the line solo and shit. chased up and it just opened up. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not having to go at Jack Goss. You know, sh- shit happens. He'll sit in video and take that in. But yep. it just takes that one moment to open opportunities yep. back up. And I, I, I sort of felt like that's what let the Warriors back into this game. Yeah, totally. No, I, I agree. It was a crucial, crucial moment. Um and hopefully they can fix it. So, look, Dragons and Warriors, same, I think, the positive signs and they've got a good foundation to build off. So, absolutely um, nothing to be concerned about. Now, Tigers v. The Storm. Thoughts? Um, I thought Tigers didn't play that badly, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people have got stuck into them. I didn't think they were poor, to be honest with you. I thought they played well. Yes, when you look at the narrative of Storm were missing Grant Munster and they this guy got injured, this guy got injured, I understand where people are coming from. But I, I really didn't think the Tigers played that badly. I think that they could have beaten a lot of sides the other night. Yep. Uh, and that might be an unpopular take or whatever, but I don't think they were as bad as what people are making out. I will say this about the Tigers. I loved the way that after the game, Madge, Brooks, Hastings... It wasn't a case of, oh, no, we did pretty well. We're happy with that. Mm. It was, we should have won that fucking game. Yeah, they had the the game. It was there. They had more. It was there to be won. Yeah. Yeah. They had more possession than the Storm. They missed less tackles than the Storm. Um, No, I'm of the same mind as you. I, I, looking at the Tigers, uh, they looked pretty good to me. They they look better than they've looked in a very long time. Uh, They could have won that game. You know, yes, the Storm were missing uh, Munster and Bromwich, but... They're missing Adam Dewey. Like, well, they're missing Dewey. They're missing Little, and they lost their hooker during the game as well, which had yep. an impact on them. So, uh, you know, they've also got some young guys out in the back line. You know, you're obviously missing. Um, uh, they, they've got another centre that's out to halfway through the year. I can't Tommy Talao. Tommy Talao, yeah, who's another guy that I think would have been in their round one side. So, mm. um, you know, it's they're, they're heading in the right direction. The Tigers, I, I mean. Melbourne Storm haven't lost a round one game in yeah. 22 years or something ridiculous like it's a tough gig a lot of the West Tigers um, bashing that I've seen over the last 48 hours I think it's just people that didn't watch the scoreboard not the game yeah yeah. I mean if you watch that game and I'm surprised there has been Tigers bashing I was I haven't had a chance to I guess uh, look at comments regarding the Tigers yeah. and Storm game uh, but my feeling from watching the game was I was impressed. I was impressed. I, I think I they did they well. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um, huge shout out to our boy, Alex Twole. How strange that he didn't play a trial, essentially, that he gets put as eight. Like, that's strange. I'm st- you know, but it's good. I'm glad. Oh, it's good. It's the right call. We, we went the long way around and the hard yeah. way to get there, but it is the right call. Yeah. Me. I was really concerned there. I was like, surely not. So, you know, thank you. I think the heavens above that it was just, you know, resting him maybe, which is a good, you know what? It's actually a good sign because if it is true that he was just being rested and he wasn't injured, it's showing a, I guess, a, a Madge that he's learning to give a little bit. Madge a few years ago isn't resting no one. Um, and so for Alex Twell to earn those rests in the trials and, you know, massive congratulations. So I'm, I'm just, just so happy that he's back in the side and that there's no issue. I was really concerned there was an issue there and that blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's such an important part of that team going forward. Um, I thought uh, I want to give a huge rap to Tyron Peachy. 
Tyron Peachy. So he came on. He only played for 56 minutes, but he ran for 70 metres, three tackle breaks, 28 tackles and zero misses. Uh, really, I mean, at first of all, I was really surprised that Offengau, um was playing 13 instead of front row. Um, but, yeah, I thought when Peachy came on, he was solid. I thought in the trials he looked so lost and I was so worried I was about so concerned, yeah. I was very, very concerned about Peach coming into this season. But he he looked good the other night. He, he looked back to the old sort of Peachy that we know and love that oppositions just hate to deal with. I imagine Peachy when you're doing your video during the week and everything. Yep. I don't know if there's enough video you can do on Peach to help you. you just got to hope he's not on. Yeah. Essentially, that, that's yep. what you do with Peach. Absolutely. Um, look, I thought Hastings and Brooks were pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Hastings ran, <laughs> ran for 100 metres against the Storm side. That's pretty damn good for your first game back in the NRL. No, pretty against impressive. Against the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Um, and I just think that he's really, like, he's really loosened Brooks up a little bit. You can see, it seems anyway, Brooks looks, looks a lot more comfortable there. Um, and so, yeah, I thought they were solid. Ten tackles for Hastings, only one missed. 29 for Brooks, only two missed. Uh, one try assist for Brooks. Um, yeah, look, I, I thought they were solid. I will say uh, it is interesting that an article has come out and saying Madden is being shopped around. I think that's... Yeah, he is being shopped around. Now, that's probably more manager, you know, uh, being, I guess, a bit disgruntled that he's not in that seven... I'd assume anyway. Uh, but... The Tigers cannot afford to lose Madden. No, they no cannot way. afford to lose him. Because, you know, if Brooks struggles or Hastings struggles, Brooks is uh, – Madden is young. You know, you need someone coming through that you can teach or whatever. So, um, yeah, yep. I, I hope that's not true. The, the other one I was impressed with was the young back rower, Tuolagi. Tuolagi looks good. He looks – I wonder if Manly have signed him, as the rumours suggest. For the Tigers' sake, I hope not. Did uh, you see the photo of him helping Jennings off the field? Yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, yeah, look, man, I, I thought it was a pretty good performance and I'm surprised that people are upset with it. We have to remember this is the Melbourne Storm yep. and you guys are the Tigers. Like, it's it's going to take time. I would say, too, the other one was Luciano Lelua. He was pretty quiet the other day. I heard last week that he had a stomach bug for a lot of the week. Apparently, there was a chance he wasn't going to play. Oh, okay. Uh, he also got um, his leg bent. or he, he almost Yeah, got that, that, game, that. that was bad. Yeah, it was bad. That, that like we got to get rid of that me. shit. Do we ever? Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, Luch, I would argue he's probably – he's definitely their most destructive forward. Yeah. Especially out on, out on that edge to use and then swing back to the other side. So, um, mate, take out the whole narrative of losing – Melbourne losing players and guys not being there. Just football-wise, it was a good performance by the Tigers. I agree. They're heading in the right direction. I agree. Now, on to the Storm. What are your thoughts on the Storm's performance? Performance alone, just so Melbourne. Mm. Just make it work. Next man up. Let's get it done. As I said, Tigers didn't play poorly. They were coming up against a good football side. Jerome Hughes. Bro. Uh, Bellamy said after, I talked about him and said, oh, you know, I can't remember even why we moved him out of fullback in the first place. Uh, and then said, I wouldn't swap him for anyone. And I like, I understand what he's saying. 100%. For the way they play, I understand why. And for what he delivers consistently. I mean, I do I think Nathan Cleary is a better halfback? Yes, I do. But 
Like if Hughes was my guy, I'd be very hesitant to change him for anyone. Nathan Cleary is out and out best halfback in the game, but the gap between him and Hughes is nowhere near as big as people think. Yep. It's nowhere near as big as people think. He's the forgotten man in the halfback conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. The game's on the line. The Tigers look like they're going to not run away with it, but potentially get the win. Hughes says, fuck it. Yeah. Boom. Right foot, right foot, right foot, try time. Now, there are very few halves in the game right now that could have done that. Outside of him, Cleary, and yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a, another half that is physically strong enough to bump through players the way that he did. Yeah, uh, and then we, you know, we sit there, you know, everyone talks about his running game, how good it is, and we don't give his kicking game anywhere near enough credit. It's improved so much. It's improved heaps. And as I said, he's the forgotten man in the halfback argument because you talk about the kicking game of all these guys because they're noted for doing it. Hughes is right up there with the very best yeah. of them. And his short kicking game. Like his short ability, kicking game is unreal. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, Jerome Hughes is just going to another level. And, you know, every game that he plays like this, he begins to not prove me wrong because I've always said that he's worth a fair bit of money. But every game he plays like this, I can understand if he feels that he's getting closer to being worth nine hundred to a million dollars. Yeah. Um, now, do I enjoy the manager's process of doing it? Not really, which because it's interesting because Hughes come out publicly and said I'm not thinking about anything like that. So clearly, it's it's purely manager trying to do his job, which is fair enough. Uh, but like every game I see like this, I lean more towards you know what. Don't take that option. You have that right not to take up your player option. And, you know, maybe he's on only on 600K or something. And if he is only on five to 600K, then you know what? Get your money, bro. You know, whilst, whilst you can, whilst you're playing this incredible footy, maybe you are to a club worth 900 to a million dollars. Even just, and it'll probably sound silly, but just his, his body language and the confidence in the, in the post-match press conference when he was sitting next to yeah. Bellamy. Like, it's the first time I've looked at him and gone... Fuck, like he, he knows how good he is. Yep. He knows that he's a Bellamy guy now. Yep. Like he, he, I don't know, he just, like he, he, for the last few years, he isn't the sort of guy that I would have anticipated to be sitting in that post yeah. with Craig Bellamy, you know, with your, the guys you got used to seeing over the years, Smith, Bellamy, uh, Smith, Slater, Cronk, Munster, these sort of fellas. And then the way that he handled himself there, I was so impressed. And he's just, he's so confident at the moment. Yeah. You've still got to put Munster and Grant back into this side, which will only add to his game. It'll probably mean that people talk less and less about mm. him, but I think Hughes is comfortable with who he is and I where he's at. To, just to, to reinforce your point just then, it's getting close to be, you know what? Maybe he is a marquee signing. You know what? Maybe you can build a club around that bloke. And, and I agree with you. Seeing him in that press conference, sitting beside him, it gave me an opportunity to, be, to, to think of him like, okay, is he a guy that Redcliffe could build around? Because yeah. before I was, you know, a bit red. I was like, you know, great halfback, you know, maybe 700K around that mark. But is he going to bring fans into the, the game and, and all that kind of stuff? But then I realised, has he been given a chance to be that guy? He hasn't really been given the chance to be that guy. So maybe it was probably wrong of me to say he can't be that guy because he's at the Melbourne Storm right now who, you know, they put Munster and Papenhusen and Walsh and Bromwich before him. But then you see him next to Bellamy, the way he carries himself. You see him in big games saying, give me the fucking ball. And you start to think, you know what? Given the opportunity, maybe he could be the seven that the Redcliffe Dolphins need. And, mate, if we get to, you know, a few months' time and the Dolphins haven't got that marquee guy, think about all the guys that have come from that Melbourne Storm system that are in the Dolphins now. Mm. Mate, 
they'd be backing this guy in 100%. Absolutely. And, you, I mean, you've already got Bromwich, both Bromwich brothers and Kafusi with Hughes. Uh, yeah, like I, my, we already gave Hughes all the raps in the world, but he's going to another level, which is crazy to think. And Munster isn't even back yet, or Grant. So massive game from Hughes. Far out, he was good. Um, I thought Papenhuisen was really good. I thought he just showed a lot of energy. Just doing what Papenhuisen does, you know, a lot of energy. Um, who else did I uh, oh, I to talk about? Kofusi's defense is just impressive. Um, you know, Josh King, 84 meters, but 35 tackles, zero missed. Uh, I thought Wishart was solid. Uh, yeah, look, it was, it was a typical Melbourne win. Backs were against the wall. Uh, they looked out. They looked like the Tigers would cause this crazy upset. And then when the chips got down, when it got tough, they almost grew an extra leg. Yeah, mate, he's a good little player, that um, um, Wishart. I think that, you know, if you haven't seen much of him, which I assume most people haven't because he hasn't played a heap of cup footy and stuff, he's sort of come from the clouds to some extent. You probably anticipate this guy's always been a hooker. He hasn't. Yeah. He's been a halfback, a fullback, a winger, a centre. He has just been everything. He's arrived down there and, you know, if I, I, I reckon that if you would have said if, – if it wasn't for Harry Grant and Brandon Smith – being out for a round, oh, well, we thought Brandon Smith was going to be out for round one. Mm. I don't think Bellamy would have said six weeks ago he's a hooker. I yeah, think he would sure. have said he's a halfback. So for him to come in and do what he did, and for Brandon Smith to go off you know, after a minute, and for him to play 79 minutes there, I thought he was incredibly impressive. To think they've got Jaden Nicarima in the squad, and Wishart's the guy at the moment, mm. very, very impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Look, I think that was a good sign for both clubs, uh, for sure. The game, Tigers Storm. Now, on to the next one. But before we get to this game, how would you rate the refing for this weekend? Including the bunker. Uh, yeah, including the bunker, not great. Um, that Eels Titans game was a bit of a shit fight, mm. I thought, unfortunately. I thought um, that the refing and bunker was pretty good until this point. Yeah, and look, I'm, I've probably got a bit of recency bias, but this game was pretty poor. Mm. By that, I mean, there was a lot of things that went on here um, that, went, mate, it even went back to the um, NRLW earlier during the day. I think they, they let the siren go 10 yeah. minutes early yeah. in the game. It was catastrophic. Um, but, yeah, I, I wasn't overly impressed with the officiating in this one. Uh, I, I think what covered it was that it was just such an entertaining game. Yeah. I think that the NRL got lucky in that regard, but... Um, if I was the uh, Titans fans that have messaged me upset, I can understand. Yeah, I can get it. There was one, the one where I thought they were pr like pretty hard done by was the um, <coughs> Isaac Liu's foot coming through the yeah, ruck. Yeah. Now, I understand letter of the law, you could argue his foot came through the ruck, but I feel like Ray Stone, there's got to be some responsibility to kind of judge. Because like Isaac... Liu, he he wasn't looking. So and he's yeah. just and all he's doing is trying to get up. And so like, is he expected to flip his feet the other way? You know what I mean? It just it would just be a bit weird. So I definitely think they were pretty hard done by there. Um, you know, but you could argue, put it this way, I do think the Titans got the raw end, it's like the wrong end of the stick for sure. Um, but if you're a Paris fan, I can totally understand if you argue, well, that first try they scored was you know quite forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was this is a tough one. This is one where I would say, do I feel like the the Eels deserve to lose? Probably not. Do I feel the Titans got some pretty tough calls against them? For sure. Um, I hope that it balances itself out though, 
And I, I know Holbrook came in after in the press conference and, you know, he kind of said, like, you know, if it's 50-50, you know, make it 50-50 as if to say, like, we're okay with losing a couple 50-50s, but at least give us some 50-50s. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm speaking to Titans fans, I would just say, fingers crossed that there's going to be a game where calls go for you and you win those games. Yeah, for sure, and it will. And look, I, as much as I, as I felt sorry for Titans for fans, sure, totally. um, I also think that Holbrook, you know, they still conceded 32 points in round one. So Absolutely. There are, yes, referees didn't help you, and I understand that, and that's fine. But you have also got stuff in your own backyard, which you need to sort out. And this mm. does come back to what we said. If you want to play shootout footy, yeah. the Titans are with you. And <laughs> based on what we saw the other day, mm. they're, God, they're going to score some points. Absolutely. There. Well, to be fair to Holbrook, he did say, like, he was like, look, I'm not saying that we would have won the game. Yep. He was like, I understand that we leaked too many points and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so just, just to defend Holbrook. No, there, that's but, fair. Yeah, um, 100%. And so it was just more those specific calls he felt like were, were tough. Yeah, look, I, to be clear, I definitely did think the Titans got some rough calls. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. But put it this way. Let's say the Eels got those same rough calls and they lost to the Titans. I would say the exact same, same thing as I'm going to say now. Any team, whether it was Eels or Titans, that lets that many points in, very hard to complain that, you know, Sort that, and then you know what I mean. Like I just think you, you got to take care of your own backyard. You got to you got to you got to look at that. And and the problem with the Titans, although they were gutsy as and fuck, they're entertaining. Uh, this is a concern for them that has been for a year or two. Is yeah. that they play this kind of shootout style footy of like let's just see who scores more points. Who cares about D? Not who cares about D because they do D hard. Uh, and that's this is where you know this is where games like this you lose because. You, you allow you put yourself in the position to lose them. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're if you focus less on attack and you focus more on D, you you don't get put in these positions as often. Uh, so look, absolutely no denying the Titans had some tough calls against them. Um, I think from yeah, we'll, we'll focus just on the Titans for now. If they can sort their D out. They're top eight. Mate, it could be anything. If they can sort their D out, it could be absolutely literally anything. anything. Yeah. Matter sure. of fact, Cameron Smith's got him. They might even sneak into the six. I heard him say that. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was like a bit taken aback by that. But I watched them and I'm like, you know what? That was without Brimson, who's one of their, he's literally their marquee guy right now. Um, if they can sort their D out, they're anything. They can literally be anything, which is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. My, my worry yesterday was that when I was watching that Parramatta side, they came out of the gate. Like, it was like one set was perfect, then the next set was an absolute shit fight. Yeah. They just couldn't put I, – I, I thought that in that first half yesterday, if they just would have put together 10 minutes of mistake-free footy, they could have put the Titans away. They didn't, and to the Titans' credit, they made them pay for every single mistake they made, which mm. is what you want to see. Uh, I, I thought you know it would have been interesting to see if Parramatta would have just completed one set after scoring points, kicked mm. down the other end. I think that would have been a really good test for the Titans as well. You ended up in this – Shootouts. I think there was forty-eight points in the first half. Yeah, crazy. Like just even by last year's standards, mm. that's crazy. That's yep. insane. Um, so, yeah. Once again, though, the Titans were another side that missed out on their last trial with the young spine they've got. I thought just on the Titans. I thought Toby Sexton, fantastic. Fuck, I love watching this kid. I Mate. and I just I I still worry about it that if at some point it does go to shit, you just need to stick with this kid and just back him in. 
I just think I totally agree. And if I am working with Sexton, I am it's just all confidence. Yeah. Like I am not even entertaining the idea of like, you know, going down hard on him and, you know, blowing up because he did this and then the media gets on his back and like if I'm the Titans, it's just cotton wool, cotton wool. Because Sexton doesn't seem like the player that would take the piss if you were cotton wool. Like, you know, like, yeah. oh, I don't need to worry about anything, rah, rah. He, he's a competitor. He's in, he's in everything. I was so impressed. Matter of fact, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was this good, though. Not yet. I thought he could develop into it. But there were periods there. I, what I loved about the way Sexton played is that when he wanted the fucking ball, he got the ball. Yeah. There was no tentativeness and it was very clear that he was leading the side around i'm really impressed with sexton and i think that if the titans have learned anything uh from this, the taylor situation if you do get a few losses in a row don't put pressure on sexton don't get in a video session and be like mate what the fuck's this shit like you know you missed this tackle and this tackle it's just all like confidence 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 because i just don't know how you know, I, I don't know what I don't know how they treated the Ash Taylor situation, but it got to the point where he was getting so hounded by the media, it was almost like how could he recover from it? Yeah, how and could he recover yeah. from it? And I, I, I think people like I, I've got a lot, lot of messages since yesterday. I think people have misunderstood my take on that. I love what they're doing with these young guys. I'm just not confident it's going to all come together this year. Mm which is completely fine. Yep. You are building a club for the next 10 years at the moment with all the guys yeah. you've got. And when you watch them, you know, I watched them yesterday in that game in, you know, when, when they were going try for try, they were sensational. It was like watching Ricky Stewart and, and Laurie Daly just sideline to sideline in three or four seconds. It was very entertaining. Loved watching it. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what their draw is over the next few weeks, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team goes in a proper grinding game of footy. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, it's definitely their, their that's their battle. Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah for sure, yeah. and that's where they need to improve. And maybe I mean the second half yesterday pointed to the fact that they probably have. Yeah, they did go toe to toe with Parramatta when it wasn't just try for try; it was staying in the grind. That's where I just worry with this young spine and everything. The kicking game in those big moments does worry me at times. Yeah. No, for sure. And and with the Titans, like you know, maybe we didn't explain ourselves properly. I love the youthful approach they're going. But if you commit to that youthful approach, you've also got to commit to the bad side of that. Yeah. And the bad side of that is it could be 12 to 24 months of getting ust, and you have to handle that so perfectly because what can happen is if you don't handle it perfectly, they all lose their confidence and the team that you were trying to build together goes their separate ways yeah. and you're back where you started. And so it is great that they've gone the youth direction, but it is so crucial that regardless of results you basically need to sit down with this team agree to a set of principles and just say we don't care about results all we care about is if you meet those principles and whatever they are is you know that's your choice um so I, like again for them to be as young as they are and to play as well as they did you know obviously defensive issue i think it's great signs for the titans the, the good thing about the titans is is you know what the issue is yeah you absolutely know what the issue is all we need to do is be able to defend and we can put it to any team in the competition. So although disappointing day for the Titans, I think really positive signs. I made a heap of positives to take out of it. So Massively many positive. positives to take out of Campbell it. Campbell is fucking so dangerous every time he gets the ball. It's like nothing's on and he creates something. Uh, Sexton, I absolutely loved. Tino Fa'asua Ma'alawi. The amount of defence he gets through and like just 
just like all the tough work uh, I love, I think uh, Liu has brought a real kind of mature presence. I think Eric, um, Aaron Clark, uh, I think he's been really good. I was, yeah, he was, I was good yeah, yesterday. He was good. Uh, got through a lot of work, 31 tackles, only one missed. Um, the other thing I'd just like to see, that, and I know it's been, you know, 18 months of saying this now, like they do need to work out how to use Fafita better. For sure. I still, I still look at, I watched them on first and second tackle and it just looks like to me they're not setting up for him to get good ball. Yeah. That's my one worry and that's where you give them, uh, you know, an experienced half mm. and they'll know how to use this guy. Um, but, I mean, once again, it's it's not a hard fix, I don't think. No, no way. I mean, I, I just wonder, like, what, what are they sitting down and telling Fafita? Like, is Holbrook saying keep your width? Because like a lot of people will get frustrated with edge back rowers because they're like, oh, he's only had three or four runs. But the problem is, is you're often told by coaches, don't fucking come in. Because if you come in, guess what happens? The defensive line knows that we are yeah. not spreading the ball and then they just jam us up. So I think that, that, that Fafida, Holbrook and Fafida have to come to some kind of balance of like, just a game plan that allows him to come in and just take a few hit ups to get him in the game. Because at the moment, it doesn't look like, as you said, they're setting up to get the ball out to him. I just would love to see him just, you know, I want him to have 15, 16, 17 runs. Um, again, a lot of people don't realize is that they are actively told a lot of the time by their coaches, do not come in because yep. if you do, you're actually hurting the forwards around you because then the whole defensive life squeezes in. So they've got to find a balance. I mean, yes, he wasn't that active yesterday, but he still ran for 122 metres. He had 11 runs, four tackle breaks, one line break. Um, is it, you know, it's it's not setting the world alight. His quiet games are still pretty damn good. It's still solid. It's still yep. solid footy. It's actually, he still ran for... Outside of um, Fodawika, uh, uh, he ran for the most metres of any forward on the field. Oh, I just look at, for oh, example, sorry, like Titans. the Penrith Panthers. They've got a really damaging back row out on their left edge. And just the way they play to him. Yeah, absolutely. The way that they use him in different shape. And this guy's got the ability. About, like, he's an Australian back rower. Yeah. And I still feel like sometimes the Titans treat him like he's, he's still a kid mm. sort of thing. I think that you know he... he Man, he's got the ability to be the best forward in rugby league yeah. by a country mile. You've just got to put him in the right spots to do it. Once again, a million times easier said than done by yeah. me sitting in my ass over here. Mm. But I just think it's, you know, like for me, when they get into their strikes, they should have entire sets that are built to yep. getting him the ball on fourth tackle. Yeah, even even uh, coming out of trouble, they should have sets. Sets, yeah. Huge coming across to him. Just drop him under. And it's it's back to under yeah. 15. Yeah. Call it the fucking Fafita. Well, don't yeah. call it that. But call it, you know, yeah. something that you know we're trying to get this guy. Because as soon as you get him one-on-one, you sit, the defensive line just goes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, but, yeah, great signs for the Eels. Uh, sorry, Titans. Uh, Eels, look, yes, it wasn't the best win for them. But I still think it was great signs because they just needed to complete for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. Literally. Like, that, if they complete for 10 minutes, they were tearing the team apart. I will say one thing that absolutely blew my mind, and I messaged it to you, I couldn't believe it, is, so, I think it's the 33rd minute. Uh, who goes down injured? Um, uh, the, the winger that scored the yeah, try. So, so, yeah, so he goes down. Up until that point, every single one of Eel's tries were down Dylan Brown's edge. They take the winger off, they move Wonga Blake out to the wing, I'm pretty sure, and they move Dylan Brown to centre, to centre. And Arthur comes on and plays in the, the halves. I do not understand for the life of me. Arthur is a great young talent. 
But why move Dylan Brown out, the guy that is your combo with Mitchell Moses, and move him to centre so that he has no real input in the game? And after that point, when after they moved Dylan Brown from six to centre, they didn't score a try for the rest of the game. Now, I don't know how that isn't considered an error in judgment when it comes to your substitutes. Well, mate, he did it in the trial as well, and I remember thinking, oh, okay, it's just a trial. Yeah. We wouldn't do this in a game. I mean, mate, I, I just... Even from... Like, I've even got mates that don't love their rugby league. Even they saw this and were just like... I couldn't believe Why would you it. move one of your key pieces to cover a position that... You could have put one of your many like you've got a heap of back rollers that put can Arthur cover there. it. Center. Yeah, put Arthur there if you want. You got like, but like you got so many options that can cover that yeah. spot. But like what's the difference between Arthur being defending at three and yeah, two? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's literally no difference really. It's big boys are running at you, you've got to make defensive reads. It, it it baffled me. And this is coming from a guy when it looked like Dylan Bion was a little bit down on confidence. Maybe just move him to um to center to get his confidence back up. But his confidence is up. Did you watch that trial? Like flying. He and also, did you watch the first half? The first try was off the back of his far, um, quick play the ball down a short side. Um, it just blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. And and the proofs in the pudding. They didn't score a try for the rest of the game. Yeah, and, and this is the other thing that I think obviously had a massive influence on this game, which is why I want to see more of both of these clubs because it just didn't. It just didn't make sense. They they. They were they were going through the Titans so easily the entire first half. Yeah, they were running through them. They were on fire, and then it just I just don't understand why you'd move one of your main pieces like this. And I don't know. Like people say, oh, that's a hindsight call. <laughs> we said it as soon as the substitute nah, came nah, on. Yeah, it was, I can show you the messages. I, I cannot like for the life of me. Even let's say Jacob. Uh, let's say Arthur. Jacob is Jacob Arthur. Yeah. yeah. He's, I think he's a good young half. But even if he was the best young half in the world, Dylan Brown is the guy that's been training with Mitchell Moses and Clint Gutherson and Reid Marnie and uh, Ryan Madison all preseason. So why would you move that key ingredient? It, and Dylan Brown was playing fantastic. Just it blows my mind. It also surprised me to a lesser extent how much Arthur took over the kicking game. Yeah, it just it just surprised me. It was it was a bizarre second half for me. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I really, and again, this is no, I really do rate Arthur, but, you know, at the moment, it's Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown, and Cliff Gutho's team. To bring him in, you're, you're upsetting the balance there. I just, and, and again, the proof's in the pudding. They, they didn't score a try when Dylan Brown moved. They didn't score a try for the rest of the game. Uh, it's just really surprising to me, really, really surprising. Um, now, maybe, you know, Brad Arthur thought that, Jacob wasn't suited to defend in the centre, but then it's like, well, we'll move a forward there then. Like, if you've got so many forwards that can defend out yeah, there. Yeah, I just, very, very surprising. I, I hope it's not evidence that that's like he's thinking that he may move, like, as in that's what his hope is well, later he, in the he season. He kind of said this during the trial that he wanted Dylan Brown to be able to play multiple positions. And it just, I don't, I don't know. It just makes no sense. I don't understand why when he's playing as good as he is, you would move him. I mean, is it, is it really that much of a crazy thing to say, don't fucking change your halves mid Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, like it's and, pretty basic, isn't it? And also, like, has Dylan Brown played, played so poorly that he's ne- his position is now under question? Like, no yeah, way. No, no way. He's, and he's still 21 years old. Yeah, very, very surprising to me. I, I'm, I'm shocked. And I hope that, that, I hope that drives home the point of how important he clearly is to their attack. Yeah, and it, you know what? Like, and it's also unfair on 
Jacob Arthur because he obviously is the coach's son, and a lot of people have noticed. I'm going to say, yeah, people are going to people are going to come for him. Yeah, now, even if it, even if it's not true, they're going to say, oh, it's because of this or yeah, that. Yeah, it's so, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arthur's a, a great young player, a great young player. It's just more. Take out the name. Take out the name. It's just more the structure of your side. Yeah. You've trained one way all preseason, and then you're moving. And what's crazy is like what I didn't understand as well. The commentators kept saying like, "Oh, Dylan Brown's, you know, has an impact of the game." Like I'm, I feel like saying, "God, you know, he's been moved to centre, don't you?" I don't think they knew that he'd been moved to centre. I don't think so. And I was like, "What? What? Like, what do you want him to do from centre? Like, centres are probably the least active players in the game." Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really surprising. But outside of that. When they get a fucking roll on and they're playing, they look the silkiest I've ever seen them. Say as well, I thought um, Isaiah Papali'i, Beast. for me, he had every excuse in the world to send it in this year yeah, and yeah. wait around till next year. Uh, he looks like he's hit the ground running. I think Matto looks pretty good at 13. It'll be interesting to see what they do when Nathan Brown does return. Yeah, look, I, I love what I saw. Reed Marnie looks like he's in for a massive <laughs> year. Uh, Mitchell Moses looks slick as anything. Three try assists in your first game. Uh, Dylan Brown, one try assist. Marnie was the most underrated player out of the weekend, I thought. Yeah, he was uh, great. Just the way that he attacked out of his, out of dummy half, and he just created space for them yeah. all over the place. Look, I, I think um, although the, the, the score doesn't reflect it, I think Eels fans... I think appreciate how good uh, Titans are in attacking, yep. but also I just think that if they complete, if the Eels complete, it's a very, very different game. They looked, they looked unstoppable when they, when they got that, those roll-ons and that. They looked super slick, the slickest I've seen them in a long time in attack. And for a team that their biggest knock was you struggle to score points, they were just yeah laying them on, laying them on. So I, I, I look. Yes, it wasn't the best performance overall for both teams, but I still think there was enough good signs to come out of that happy as a, a fan of both teams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Titans get into an arm wrestle. What they did yesterday, we know they can do. We know they can do it better than most sides. So I'm keen to see them when they do get into an arm wrestle and sh show us what they're about. Reggie, uh, Reggie Campbell, uh, 179 metres, 19 tackles, only one missed. Uh, Junior Paulo, 160, 23 tackles. Uh, Isaiah Papali, 193 metres, nine tackle breaks, 26 tackles. He's a beast. Absolute beast. Um, yeah, look, as I said, I still think – I, I probably wish I would have seen a bit more from uh, Penasini. I, I felt like he yep. was a little bit quiet. Um, but, again, I think good signs, really good signs. Well, I think with Penasini too, we need to remember that – I think it was his sixth or seventh first grade game. Yeah, so, he's so we, it feels like we've been talking about him for two years, like yep. the first grader though. So, um, so yeah, good signs for both teams, in my opinion. Just got to sort out the defence. Now, last game of the round: Cowboys versus Doggies. Uh, it was a it was a rough game, rough game for both both clubs. But massive congratulations to Doggies fans. You got the win. Yeah, wins win. The wins are hard to get in the NRL. Absolutely. Don't worry about how you get them. You got them, and they're yep. hard to get. So well done, Dor. Uh, well done to the doggies. I thought it was really interesting when Ado Carr like got that penalty or whatever, and he was like, you know, stop taking a break to his team. And I was like, you know, that's so good for the doggies because like they've got a guy there that has been and done it all. You know, those little things like transition phases. Um, a lot of the best clubs, they really focus on transition phases because it's when the teams that aren't as good they kind of like take a step back and stop thinking, yeah. and you can break games open. Um, so I thought it was really good to see Adokar do that. I love the intensity too. Yeah, for sure. That's what you want from Fox. Even the intensity that he called the um, 
the challenge on there. I just love that whole two minutes from yeah, Fox. He for just, sure. he, yeah, it's just everything we we're talking about in the preseason. You already know just from watching Fox as much as he's laugh, giggle, let's trot. Fuck if you know if he if he pulls you up during the week, you're gonna yeah. know about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought uh, Brent Naden was really good before he got. Um you know, before he got his head knock. I know he missed a couple of tackles on that, but I just think he looked really dangerous in attack. Uh, I thought Burton was um, solid, 505 kicking metres. Um, him and Avrilo's combo, I'm still unsure of how it will go. It's, it was a bit stop and start. Uh, Josh Jackson, he's a battler. He'll battle every single game. Uh, I thought um, Luke Thompson and Max King were really good off the bench. And the good thing about that is like, You've got depth now in that front row. Yeah. If Luke Thompson and that are coming off the bench and putting in that kind of meat, like that kind of uh, performance, it's really good signs. Really good signs. Their forward pack is starting to take shape. Um, and I, I thought Jeremy Marshall King was sensational last night. Yep, he's he's a guy that um, you know he obviously knows that the the breed's coming next year. Bit of pressure on him. I thought he took a, a number of very good runs last night. Burns, he he, he had the tip on for that try, but. Fuck, it's a ballsy play from Jeremy Marshall King to go two-man cutout oh, on massive. your line like that. Yep. Like that, that takes massive balls. He saw the opportunity, backed himself in. Burns did sensationally, don't get me wrong, but JMK, I was very, very impressed with him. Defensively, he's very solid. Um, and in a game where they weren't on the front foot all that much, I, I don't know if you got how many um, metres he made there, but it felt like to me that he, he, he was making a heap through the middle. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, 91 metres. 91. Pretty, Pretty handy good. for a nine. Bloody, bloody oath. Bloody oath. Who only played 60 minutes. Yep. So. Um, yeah, look, and to get a win when you only had 46% possession, that's bloody good. Bloody good. So massive congratulations to Doggies. It's, it's a very hard game to take a lot out of because it was so scrappy. Yeah. Um, but, again, the, the Doggies aren't winning that last year, that's for sure. Doggies oh, are mate. not winning that. Yeah, that – Mate, to, to be honest, I, I know the dogs won, but the Cowboys weren't hanging in that game either last year. Yeah, that's true. Like, credit to both sides for yep. hanging in there. Uh, it might not have been the most entertaining game, uh, but they, they both hung in there. I don't think either team deserved to lose, personally. Mm. Yeah, tough tough loss for, for the Cowboys. So, yeah, massive congratulations uh, to the Doggies fans. Some uh, good signs from Burton there, too. I thought he... You know, I thought it was a good, solid debut for the club, for sure. What about that? That You've got it written down here, that bomb that he put up. Yeah, and then they ran, they were offside. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Fuck. you've got to get on his level. If he's going to do that for you, um, help him out, bro. That, that, that bomb went, went off the screen. I know. It was, felt like yeah. two seconds. It was incredible. It incredible. was. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's the little shit that Canterbury's got to sort out. You yeah. put up the best kick you'll see all season. You don't yeah. even get onside for it. And, and maybe that, that's communication. Maybe he needs yeah. to communicate them, boys, get behind me. Because um, if you're putting a bomb up like that, uh, you want to be onside. It's yeah. not a normal bomb that you're, you're going to allow them to have 10 metres and then you, you all come as a team. A bomb like that, you're hoping they'll drop it. Yeah. Um, well, you could see Kyle felt. I reckon that ball was 40 oh, metres away from him. He just went, I'm no hope. Yeah. Here. It was wild. Uh, yeah, Hetherington, really good run to set up that first try. But anyway, uh, great stuff for doggies. Now he, he looks dangerous, Hetherington, with on the, the ball. Edge. Yeah, he, yeah, to me, I look, agree. St- I mean, he has got an error in him, but I think Canterbury, they've got to play front foot footy. They've got to play second phase footy. And yeah. I think he could be a really dangerous guy this year. He's going to make mistakes. You have to accept that. I tell you what, as a half. I do not want him on my edge yeah, no as a half because you know he's going to run it. Now, uh, Cowboys, the last team of the round. Uh, 
devastating loss, man. Devastating loss. I think this, like, they'll be really upset with this loss. Yeah. It's a game they probably could have won. Uh, I am still extremely surprised at Tamalolo's use. He ended up only playing 51 minutes, 26 minutes in the first half. You know, he ran for 134 metres, 30 tackles, only one miss. But he didn't look anywhere near as energetic as he usually does. I don't know what's going on there. I yeah, uh, look, uh, uh, he ha- reportedly has carried a hamstring injury into this season. I'm hoping... Fix it then. Fuck. Uh, no, no, and I, uh, mate, I'm hoping that's what it is, but I'm hoping against hope because this has been happening for two years now. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. Uh, I got a little sliver of hope when I saw the starting team come out and they he moved was, Mitch yeah. to under 13 and talent. I thought, okay, might be on Cotter? here. Where did Cotter go? Well, he apparently injured? he's also got tight hamstrings. Wow. You know, a ball hasn't been kicked and these two are already having yeah. to be rested from games. Wow. Tight hamstrings. So, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Cotter does have that 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 injury history to him. There's no doubting that. Um, but, yeah, mate, I, I, one guy, I thought Dearden played really well again. Yeah, I did. I did too. I thought, mate, I, I thought for the first half he was the best player on the field by mm. a long way. Um, yeah, it was surprising they didn't score more points than they did. I always felt like they were... Just about to score, just about, but it just never. You obviously had the the one one with Hammer at the end, which um, you just got to be better than that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's that's really that's that's a match winner. Like that, that literally is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all, but also like the, the the frustrating thing about that, you know, with Hammer is like it wasn't a normal kick where you're just running through and you, like that was an attacking kick. You knew it was happening, and you have. All the time in the world to put yourself on side, yeah. and you weren't on side, well, mate. With, yeah. with a guy as fast as him, the kick could have been another ten meters back. It's still yeah. an attacking kick. Like yeah. he's look, I'm sure he'll watch video and yeah. he won't do that again. And I'm sure he's as disappointed as anyone. But I, w- that's just a something where like Hamiso, if he wants to take that next step into the, because like he's going to be a superstar. He's yeah. so incredible. He needs to just make sure that that kind of stuff's not in his game. Um, I thought Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, and I was really good yeah he's a handful he's gonna be very good i've been very high on highland lukey for a long time and cowboys people have been telling me for a long time nanai is the one to be excited about i still think lukey's gonna be good but nanai he looks to be very special the one thing i thought with the cowboys is that if you're gonna play val holmes at center you have got to bring him into the game Mm. i just i and i felt like in the trials they did it very well i feel like val holmes is really heavily involved mate i did he have more than five hit-ups last night or five? It looks well, like he, had, he, he had zero hit-ups, but he had 13 runs. 13 runs, okay. That was more than what I thought. I, I almost felt like I, I didn't notice him yeah. for most of the evening, mm. which for a guy with his ability, I mean, well, see, I'm, he's a kangaroo's outside back, yeah. Val Holmes. See, I'm more looking at a guy like Hamiso. 11 runs as a fullback. Yeah. And I know we spoke about this uh, before the season started. Yeah, I almost feel like I saw more of Hamiso yeah. than I did of Val. But remember, I've said to you that my issue with Hamiso at fullback is he doesn't get through. Yeah. He doesn't get his hands on the ball enough. 11 runs as a fullback and you're a superstar. You've played Origin. You know, you want to be hitting around the 18 to 20, I reckon. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a bad game at all from Hamiso. It's more if you win that fullback spot and Valentine Holmes is going to be there. Because, like, you know, for example, Valentine Holmes at fullback is going to take 20 runs. Uh, and, like, drink water's out of the side as well. Uh, so I just think that if, if Cowboys are going to go well, it's going to be Hamiso killing it that's, that's going to do that. So uh, hopefully he can um, just get his hands on the ball more because he's so dangerous. Think about it. He had 11 runs, 136 metres. Yeah. 
So he was averaging more than 10 metres run, which is incredible. Four tackle breaks, 11 tackles, zero missed, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, just a tough night for Cowboys. Just didn't seem to work for him. Just yeah. didn't seem to click. Because you look at their forwards, 158 metres, 153. All of their forwards um, outside of one got over 100 metres. You know, so that's a pretty good uh, effort. Their, their backs, Talangi was good, 161 metres. Um, Hiku, 186 metres. Yeah, well. Far out. You know, uh, Kyle Felt, 194 metres. So they had, they had a red-hot crack. I, I'm not sure where the Cowboys go from here. I Yeah. I know it's going to be disappointing for them to lose to the Doggies first. Oh, sure. mate, it's very disappointing, yeah. especially when you especially when you like when you score that try at the back end without going back to Hammer. Yeah. It's not. It, it's just shit, shit happens. It is what it is. But yeah. it is heartbreaking stuff, especially up there in North Queensland too. Mm. Yeah. Um, totally. Oh well. And it's uh, not like they got out enthused. Not like they got outplayed. Well, you look at their stats individually. <laughs> like, there's an argument that they were the better team. Yeah. Like you look at their stats individually. They're they're substantially better than. You know, when it comes to meters running that. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you think Drinkwater gets that 14 role at all? Do you think he stays at the club? What, what do you think's going on there? I mean, we know why they selected Dearden. And Dearden played really well. He's probably Cowboys' best. So, it's not to say Dearden didn't play well. But Drinkwater is such a gun. I just, I mean, once again, we come back. You scored four points last night against mm. the Canterbury Bulldogs who were working out different combos and everything like they just, you need to score more points in the NRL. And this is, I love the look of Chad and Dearden, but I just think I've always just thought they're a little bit too like for like, especially when you don't have a heap of points in the rest of your squad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Drinkwater will be in the team this week. Yeah. I think that Todd will look at that game and go, we did enough to win, I'm going to stick with this squad. Mm. So I, I think it'll be a few more weeks until we see Drinky. Not sure who the Cowboys play next week, but um, that's going to have to be a big one for them. Raiders, big game. I mean, so many big clashes. The positive is, guys, for every single team, only one game. It's yeah, only round exactly one. Yeah. And there wasn't, there wasn't a single team that I looked at and went, they are fucked. Yeah. Whereas, like, some teams last year in early rounds, I was looking at going. Well, quite often round one, there's normally one or two that you just, like, train round. Yeah, done. Dunsky. So that's the positive. So keep your chin up if your team, team lost. Celebrate if your team won. That is us done and dusted for the day. Have you got any announcements? Yeah, beers and break even, Supercoach show, Tuesday night. Come by, round one review and everything, looking at round two. As I, Mate, you should have seen the Supercoach players this weekend. Tough weekend. Really? Tough Brutal. week? Wow. Brutal. Wow. Um, make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. If you enjoy this content and you want it to keep growing, the best way is grab a case. Plus, it's a beautiful, easy-drinking lager. Go to bloke.shop, grab some merch, join at bloke.club, the Bloke Club. Uh, and as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you.